Hello and welcome hey. to Lore Dump, uh, the show where I walk a friend through a game or game franchise. A very exhausted friend. Which they haven't played. Uh, today is a continuation of part one. Uh, we've taken a little bit of a break um, and I'm joined once again by my friend Chase. Hey, hey. We are continuing our journey through Metal Gear Solid. Um, in part one, we covered Metal Gear 1, Metal Gear 2, Metal Gear Solid 1 and Metal Gear Solid 2. Two, uh, Chase, would you like to try and summarize the story so far in 30 seconds or less? Let's go. go. Big boss, he had an organization, he wants a military company unbeholden to any country. Just wants to be a free man, I dig him. He also started creating some clone kitties by shoving his DNA into a bunch of war-torn orphans. Therefore, he created Solid Snake, Liquid Snake, and Solid Dis Snake. Solid Dis mm-hmm. isn't important to later... Uh, Solid Snake, who's our, our good boy, best boy, he's wandering around fighting the Metal Gears. Metal Gears are useless fucking trash heaps. Uh, stupid weapons, except for uh, Ray. Ray's eye. Ray is an eye weapon. The rest of them are stupid. Um, uh, Liquid, uh, he was pretty threatening, but now he's dead. Um, except he's not dead. He's now a ghost inside an arm, inside Revolver Ocelot. Uh, lots of stupid named villains. Um, lots of very obvious betrayal characters. Hideo Kojima's really bad at... No. Uh, he's really bad at making you think that somebody's going to be a good guy. Because you always know when they're a bad guy. Well, uh, I would disagree with that, I, Always. Every single time. Apparently you're rooting for literally everybody. <laughs> because nobody's a villain so far. Right, so nobody's a bad guy yet. Oh, except for the ones who try to kill Solid Snake, because he's your good guy. Yeah, he's your good guy. Okay. You um, said... Our also, listeners... Solidus okay. is dead, too. There we go. Solidus is dead, too. We're yeah. caught up you, you to said the that... Oh, also the Illuminati's wandering around, um, and we might not kill them all, mm. as of how far the series has gotten. Who could, knows? Could you very quickly tell me the name of the Illuminati? Oh, we've uh, it's it's the Patriots, cool. and we've killed George Washington. Cool. What's the deal with the them? What, what, what are they doing right now? Where, where are they? Uh, they're They're not anywhere. They're not anywhere because they're AIs. They're all AIs. They're Perfect. All, they're all AIs. They're Love not it. real. They were real people at one. I believe they were all real people at one point. But at least as of current, they are all AIs. I'm very, very impressed that you you've been able to keep up. I'm not gonna lie. I would also like to say that maybe it's just my storytelling gift, but <laughs> um, got the gift of the gab. So in in part two, we're gonna cover in order: um, Metal Gear Solid Three, Metal Gear Solid Four, Peace Walker, Ground Zeroes and Metal Gear Solid V The Phantom Pain, before giving a brief rundown on the story of Hideo Kojima leaving Konami. We are both very drunk. We've both had quite a bit to drink by this point. Um, (laughs) I mean, I'm looking at my bottles. Um, But for now, I would like to bring us to Metal Gear Solid Three: Snake Eater. I give my life! Yes, so in the break... I, I I very briefly showed uh, Chase the maybe first 30 seconds of the song uh, because it's a belter. It's um, fucking great. Now, Metal Gear Solid 3 is a prequel. Oh! It's the best game in the series, So that opinion. is Big Boss. Or Solidus. The year One is, of the two. The year is 1964. So it's Big Boss. We are in the middle of the Cold War. 
Now, before Foxhound, there was just Fox, a special forces group under the control of the United States government. That logo looks really familiar. Uh, you probably saw it quite a lot during some marketing, which I will not discuss probably. right now. Uh, our team is led by this guy, Major Zero. Okay? That scar looks very familiar. Um, I, I can't tell if that's just because ev- like so many villains in video games have scars, or if that's because it's a character that I'm meant to know. Oh, he's not a villain. He's he's like our Roy Campbell as well. It's just a scar. Oh, I don't war. think he's a villain. Yeah, I'm just, just thinking. Grizzled. I'm I'm just questioning whether it's, he's probably not. He's hmm. probably nobody. Now, unless um, he is, we play as Naked Snake, voiced by David Hater. <laughs> once again, so, first of all, uh, David Hater is getting his fucking money's worth. Oh, he series. is. Yeah, Two. he is. Naked Snake? Naked Snake. That's his name. Codename Naked Snake. I clearly see clothes on him. Mm-hmm. So, even though it's 1964, we're playing as Snake. Um, now, despite being voiced by David Hater and looking identical to Solid Snake, this is not, well, in fact, I don't the same think, character. I don't actually think he looks that much like Solid Snake, shockingly enough. What? He looks... He looks... His it's the facial, same model. His facial structure... Like, he's got a wider face... Mm-hmm. He's got less angular features. Okay. Uh, he looks middle-aged to any of the times that we've seen him otherwise. I don't think that he looks... Well, see, that... The, the big issue is plink skin. <laughs> plint skin. Plint skin. Plinky, plinky skin. Plint skin, yes. Whilst, whilst plinky skin uh, is Solid Snake, mm-hmm. he looks nothing like Solid Snake. What? No, he look what? He looks like he looks like a really bad cosplayer. They're the same person. <laughs> I'm aware he's the same person. That'd be like me wearing sunglasses and you go, you don't look anything like Monty. <laughs> I mean, do you? Maybe you're just a bad cosplayer of yourself. Ah, uh, well, you know. Um, right, okay, so basically, very important to understand, you're called Naked Snake in this game. Why? However, um, you are not playing as Solid Snake. They're well, not the same person. I would assume so, as seeing as how he was a in yes the 90s yes and this is the 60s despite being voiced by the exact same actor and looking the exact same um this game doesn't explicitly tell us this until the very end but to keep things nice and simple i'm going to tell you now we were actually playing as big boss before he went off to found outer heaven so exactly what i said Yes. Two minutes ago. <laughs> this, is the, this is the story of how big boss became big boss okay right However, I think that this oh. is why I remember saying this in the last uh-huh. one. I think this is why I think that I thought at one point that Snake was Big yeah. Boss. Yeah. I think this is probably why. So, just to make things more complicated, Fox has another member, the boss. She is essentially our mentor, uh, has taught us everything we know, and is just a total fucking ba- absolute badass. And she kicks loads of ass, and she's the one person in the world that Big Boss slash Naked Snake, and I'll be calling him Snake from this point on, uh, cares most about. I can't tell if it's just because uh, long blonde hair triggers me now. Mm-hmm. Um, why am I getting vibes of Liquid Snake? No, okay, okay, I'm going to tell you right now. I think... She's like, not got I, anything to do I, I, with I absolutely think that I'm reaching yeah. here. I think that it's just that long blonde hair in this series specifically <laughs> has just set me off. Every blonde character is liquid. Actually, I mean, Revolver Ocelot, Liquid Snake, exactly. Miller. Yeah, okay. No, she's got All nothing to do with All of the long blonde haired characters so far are baddies. 
So I'm I'm not exactly rooting for her right now. No, no, she's great. Uh, no, she is absolutely like the fucking best. Um, I will let time tell okay. that. Right, well, see, she is, most important thing to know about her, right, is that she is the one person in the world that we care most about, right? Naked Snake admires her big time, thinks she's the fucking best. She is super cool, for example. Uh, you learned that at one point in the past, um, she helped in the D-Day landings. And oh, she sh- did this while pregnant. Wait. And uh, wait, and ended up giving birth on one of the beaches. So she's fucking nuts and first a of all, proper badass. First of all, what the holy fuck? Second of all, she looks like she's maybe in her 30s here. So this is a sick... Yeah, I would say, yeah, like mid to late 30s. D-Day was yeah. what, 42? Um, 41? Yeah, yeah, she was a young woman. But she's been a badass soldier her whole a... life, yeah. Okay, she gave birth very young then. Sure, yeah. fa- fair enough, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, proper proper badass, proper hard How ass. How much you want to bet right? that she gave birth to Liquid Snake? Uh, she didn't. I don't believe you. Um, you find out who she gave birth to, <laughs> it's not Liquid Snake. It's either Liquid or it's Solid or it's Solid. It's one of the three. We it's, open. One of the, it's one of the three and I can guarantee it. We open with Naked Snake being dropped into a jungle alone. I don't remember exactly where this jungle is, but for the sake of the time period, I'm going to assume it's Cuba. Uh, our mission is to find a Soviet scientist called Sokolov, who's looking to defect to the US. I have never seen a character look more stereotypically Soviet. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's you've fallen so far pretty simple so far right yeah yeah yep, this is lovely. cool um, so it's not long before we find Sokolov uh, there's nothing too special about him uh, he's just a big old nerd but moments after we get hold of him a familiar face appears Liquid who do you think this is Liquid this is a young revolver ocelot oh shit wait but he... how old is revolver oh he's an old man I get that he has yeah. like grey hair and shit in like the 90s yeah. but I feel like I didn't understand how old he was he's like 20 here he's very young um, he doesn't go by the name Revolver Ocelot yet um, he just goes by that's not a revolver exactly um, he doesn't go by the name right now in this game he is just Major Ocelot he's still got his fancy tricks with his guns but he doesn't use revolvers and he doesn't have his glorious moustache and uh, so it turns out that Ocelot is also looking for Sokolov. He's working for a rogue mercenary group called Gru, our baddies of the game. Okay. Uh, he thinks that Naked Snake's a bit of a bitch. Uh, he mocks how he stands, because Snake's like all like in like Krav Maga style. Um, <laughs> but just to be safe, he calls in dick. calls in some so Ocelot's like, right, you're a bit of a bitch, but I'm not you seem a bit threatening, so he calls in some backup, and he does this by meowing like an ocelot. And by that, I mean, it goes, and it like echoes, and then soldiers appear out of bushes and shit. It's good shit. I... <laughs> anyway, Snake, yeah, yeah, he's great. He's also fucking great in this game. Uh, so Snake has absolutely no time for this. Um, he quickly beats the shit out of Ocelot, embarrassing him in front of his men. And with Ocelot on the ground, Snake's like, you're pretty good, but your gun's shit. And he escapes with Sokolov, right? He's like, your gun's fucking pish. You could have just shot me. Like, maybe she used Your gun's revolver. shit. She get a revolver, bitch. Pretty much, right? You can't really get more more clear than that, right? So, while well, uh, we he escapes with Sokolov, all's good and well. Uh, waiting for our evac chopper to arrive, everything suddenly changes. First of all, so- Sokolov points out a massive hulking mech in the distance. This is the Shagohod. It's basically this game's Metal Gear, but don't call it a Metal Gear. People might get mad in the comments. However, it can do everything a Metal Gear can it do. It just looks like a tank. Yep. Yeah. 
It can, it's basically the Metal Gear before Metal Gears. Um, it can walk on land, it can fire nukes. It's almost complete, but the baddies need Sokolov to finish building it, right? Uh, but wait, that's not all. Suddenly, this guy appears. <laughs> the fuck? He's the Fear. That's his name. The Fear? The Fear. He's one of our many wacky bosses we will need to fight later. Metal Gear Solid 3 has the best boss fights in the series by a country mile. Um, the fear's deal is he has a super long tongue, is a master of camouflage, and jumps about trees like a spider. There's a bit where like, he like jumps and he's facing snake and he's like, attached to a tree with his arms and legs behind him, and then he like climbs up it behind him. I he's feel really like hard. I've he's seen really horrible. that at one point. I feel like that sounds really familiar. Yeah. Um, now, alongside the fear, he's part of the Cobra unit. So alongside the fear, we also have... Uh, the Fury, every inch of his body is burnt to a crisp, so he now wears a fireproof cosmonaut suit and fights the flamethrower. Uh, we also have The Pain, a two meter tall giant who can summon and control large swarms of hornets. <laughs> the Sorrow, ex-husband of The Boss and communicator with the dead. Yeah, ex-husband of The Boss, uh, the, the blonde woman. Um, and finally, The End, an old man with a sniper. Who has a parrot, but that's, that's whatever. Yes, yeah, so he's no man with a sniper. <laughs> um, together they form the Cobra unit. Now, but wait, that's not all. The boss suddenly arrives in this jungle. We weren't on this mission after all. But wait, that's not all. It turns out the boss is actually defecting to the Soviet Union. She's a fucking traitor. But wait, that's not all. Out of the shadows steps this guy, Colonel Volgan. He can shoot electricity out of his body. He is the leader of Gru, Ocelot, the Cobra unit, and he is our big bad. He is... Okay. He's a piece of shit. He is by far the evilest villain of the entire series. The guy is a, fu he's a fucking sadist. Um, he's, he's, he's just evil. The boss okay. is, so the boss is now working for him. She's given him some nuclear warheads from the US as proof that she is defecting. Uh, so now because Volgan, you can just casually just grab a couple of those off the shelf, you know, your local military storehouse, just grab a couple off the shelf and bring them over. Yep. Um, she's given him some nuclear warheads. Now Volgan has a Metal Gear in the Shagohod, and he has the scientist. Don't call it Metal Gear. Yep. Don't Sorry. Don't, don't call it Metal Gear. Yeah. Uh, the scientist Sokolov to finish building it. And now he has a bunch of nukes that he can load it up with, which have the United States of America, like, fucking plastered on them. Um, okay, but if they explode, nobody's going to see that. True. I think there is a way to track it, but I don't really know. I might be wrong. So with the boss's betrayal, mm -hmm. uh, Naked Snake's heart breaks. Uh, he, his duty, but his duty to his country comes first and foremost. So he tries to fight the boss, but she she just beats the the shit out of him <laughs> on this bridge um, because she's the master. Um, she breaks his arm and throws him off a bridge into a river below, where he's swept away. Meanwhile, Ocelot meets up with Volgan, and they jump onto a helicopter together, starting to head back to base. Volgan starts like I'm fucking creaming himself at the thought of launching all those fucking nukes. He's like, I'm just gonna, oh my god, everyone's gonna die, oh my god, blood, uh, yeah, he's, he's having the best all the time. Um, so he loads up one up onto What is a, up with his mouth? Um, he's, he's all burnt away because Is he like a cyborg? No, no, it's just from him controlling, he's got the power to control electricity. Uh, I don't remember His face why. looks like metal. 
Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's meant to just be, like, burns from electricity. Okay. It's from, like, when it might have, like, you know, spasmed out and, and hit him and stuff. Okay. Um. So, yeah, so he's like, yeah, so I, I just can't fucking wait. I want to launch these nukes now. So he picks up a rocket launcher or a missile launcher and loads one of the nukes into it and decides to just blast it out of the helicopter for the lols. Uh, when it explodes and kills a bunch of Gru soldiers, Ocelot is fucking raging. And he tries to stop stop him um, he, at the end of the day Ocelot's like look I didn't fucking sign up for this I don't want to nuke some of my men um, but Volgan just decks him and knocks him out he's like you're a little bitch fuck you uh, cut to our Bond theme oh sorry our Bond theme um, which I have shown you yeah I've shown you 30 seconds off in the break um, so Metal Gear Solid embraces James Bond more than any other game in the franchise uh, Snake Eater rather uh, to the point where it even has a sexy musical number after the opening. Uh, the song is called Snake Eater. It's an absolute bop. And the lyrics include, <clears throat> Crime is the way I'll fly to you. And someday you go through the rain. Someday you feed on a tree frog. What? That's some of the lyrics. Uh- someday you feed on on a tree frog. <laughs> what does that mean? Just well, it's a snake in it. So sometimes it feeds on a tree frog because it's a snake. But <laughs> what does that mean? It's a snake eater, though. They're, they're eating the snake. Well, whatever eats a snake apparently also eats free tree frogs. What, what does this mean in the context of? I'm assuming naked snake. <clears throat> no, you're about to find out why the game's called Snake Eater. Because Naked Snake gets eaten. <laughs> so, basically, because the boss defected and Volgan shot a nuke, uh, the US and Russia are about to jump into World War Three. In order to stop this, Naked Snake is sent out to a different Soviet jungle, uh, not Cuba, somewhere else, uh, on Operation Snake Eater. Right? So the game is named after the operation. Mm-hmm. His objectives are very simple. Infiltrate Volgan's base, rescue the scientist Sokolov, destroy the Shagohod's sort of Metal Gear, not Metal Gear, and finally terminate the boss for her treachery. So he needs to go in and kill his old master and Volgin and stop their operation. Anyway, Snake's in the jungle for like five minutes before the boss finds him again. Uh, she, arrives, <laughs> <laughs> she arrives on this gorgeous, iconic white horse, beats the crap out of him again, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and tells him to stay away. Uh, she won't kill him for old time's sake, but if they meet again, she promises she will kill him. What's up? You're here, but fuck you. Pretty much. Um, I hope you're enjoying all the violence, because Big Boss had a shit time of it in his early days, and that is not the last time we see him get grossly injured. Um, further through the jungle, Snake eventually meets this person, Eva. She is long blonde hair. I don't trust her. Uh, long blonde hair. Don't trust her. Also, why she got her bra out? Um, good question. Uh, there's an answer. Um, uh, so, because <clears throat> Bond girl. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, but also um, Snake at first doesn't believe that she is a woman. She's got a mask on and stuff, and she's got like you know stuff to push her boobs in. Uh-huh. Um, so before she takes the mask off, she like unzips her leotard to show that she has boobs. Um, it's 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 a whole, it's a whole thing. God um, damn. Yeah. Uh, she is a KGB agent. Uh, just, just, just ask. When did this game come out? Oh, uh, like two thousand and three, I think. Two thousand four. Uh, pushing it. <laughs> just wait. Uh, so, Eva, yeah, having a grand old time. Um, she, she managed. So, Eva is a badass. She's a KGB agent. She managed to infiltrate Volgan's facility and is undercover. But she's been feeding information back to Fox to help take him down. Snake and Eva fancy each other big time, but Snake keeps her at arm's length, totally doesn't trust her. 
Um, they're interrupted by Ocelot, who's all like, Ah, Snake! Oh, you're back, you dick! Why, why are you back? I'm gonna ruin your day. And he grabs Eva, pulls out a revolver, and puts it <laughs> to her head. Yeah. So he's, he's taking Snake's, like, you should get a better gun, why not try a revolver to heart? Um, but he's all, he's all Wait, did he literally it. say, why not try a revolver? And I'm pretty sure he mentions, it's like, that that's the Walther P29K. That's not any good. You should try a revolver if you're doing all your filthy tricks and shit. God and, yeah. So he's, he's, all, he's all proud of his revolver. Um, and he, he clearly wants... Snake's approval. Um, he's clearly like, look, did you see? Look at it. Look at it. Isn't it good? Um, but it's all like fancy and golden and engraved. Um, so Snake thinks it's like a bit of a bitch gun. He's like, look, that engraving ain't going to help you. It's, what are you doing? Why are you, why are you getting revolvers engraved? You're a fucking wank. Um, he clearly finds Ocelot very funny. Like, he's, he's not, like, he doesn't dislike him. Uh, like, Ocelot's like, you're the legendary Snake. Like, I want to fucking get your approval. Um, and Snake's like, you're kind of cute. Um, doesn't really dislike him, just like his banner. Um, anyway, Eva flips Ocelot over and he runs away all embarrassed and annoyed. Um, so, after this encounter, a bunch of stuff happens. The first is, uh, we keep walking through the forest and we get into a boss fight with Ocelot where we beat him again. Um, a slow respect for each other is beginning to grow. All aboard the Bossalot ship. That's what it's called for people who the ship them. The fucking Bossalot? Bossalot. Yeah, Bossalot. Um, we also I, I fight... mean, to oh. be fair, that one works quite well. Mm. <laughs> as far as ship names Bossalot's go. Bossalot's great, yeah. As far as ship names go, that's pretty great. Um, so, yeah, so there's a slow respect between each other. Um, but but that's kind of where we're leaving it for now. Um, we also fight the pain and kick his ass. And uh, we learn that Volgan's a big old masochist and loves so, to torture people. I'm yes. guessing that uh, Naked Snake mm -hmm. is not the same pacifist that Solid Snake is. No, Naked Snake doesn't give a fuck. Naked um, Snake will you kill can him. you can like you know pa pacifistly kill enemies. Uh, sorry, so is this enemies. is this still a stealth game? Still a stealth game, absolutely. Um, some really interesting stuff gets added though. So because we're in the jungle. Excuse me. Um, you can get camouflage, um, oh. which, like, and you paint yourself with certain colors. So if, like, you're in, like, the mountains, you paint yourself with certain colors. If you do that, you're less noticeable. There is a percentage meter to track how easily you are to spot. Oh, cool. And there's a bunch of really, really cool stealth mechanics added to it. Also, some survival mechanics, which I have never really engaged in. I've heard people talk about as being great, but, like, you can catch a snake and eat it, and you get, like, a boost to your health. And all you can of. eat the snake! Uh, legit. So, so all, all of that, that, that is possible as well. Um, so he fight, yeah, fights a bunch of bosses, yeah, beats the pain, um, we learn that Volgin likes to torture people. We then fight the end and kick his ass. Now, the fun thing about the end, if you remember, that's our old man with a sniper. And the parrot. Um, don't forget the parrot. And don't, don't forget the parrot, sorry, yeah. Um, is that he's arguably the best boss fight in the series. Oh, um, shit, okay. Yeah. So, for, for a few really, really interesting ways. Number one, um, his, his whole area is huge. It's a big jungle which you need to sneak through you get it given a sniper rifle before he's got his sniper rifle um, and you're basically hunting for each other you know fucking manhunt style um, and but also because the end is so old there's a really fun way that you can kill him which is by setting your console's time zone ahead a week and oh. he will die of old age if you're God. still <laughs> uh, literally yeah <laughs> Uh, you can also kill him just after a cutscene as well if you're lucky earlier on, and then he won't appear for the cutscene full stop. Um, but yeah, it's, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. And uh, we we also learn about the Fucking philosophers. Dies of old age. 
What do you recognize about this? I've just said the word philosophers. That's the same picture as the Patriots. Absolutely. So this is an organization which later became the Patriots. So I'm guessing they're still alive. They're not AIs yet. Not AIs yet. No, this is like the 60s. Yeah, they're grand. Um, So they ended up getting a new leader, which we will get to. Volgan, Colonel Volgan, the baddie, has managed to get his grubby hands on the philosopher's massive fortune. Like a hundred billion dollars worth. And he's using it to build Shagohod, our not Metal Gear, right? Um, we also fight the fear, kick his ass, and work our way underground. So, yep. they had enough fortune among the 10, 12, 12 of the supreme biggest people in the world, yep. had enough fortune to build one machine. No, no, no. He's only using a bit of that fortune for that. Okay, yeah. okay. Um, yeah, okay. he's gonna, probably going to use it for other things, but right now that's what, the, what he's using the money on. Um... So yeah, after all of that, we work our way underground to find the entrance to Volgan's facility where he's building the Shagohod. Now, in order to get into the facility, we need to climb the tallest ladder in all of video games. That's <laughs> that's real. That, that is a award that the game has won. It takes us the entire song of Snake Eater to climb it, which we... <laughs> <laughs> Which we know because the entire song plays while we climb the ladder. It is fucking epic. It's so good. Um, yeah, and it's it's like it's like a cappella too. So it's like the vocals with none of the instrumentation. Oh, and it like echoes. That's like, so stupid. Oh, it's great, but uh, in the best way. <laughs> so Snake and Eva are reunited inside the facility, and she tells us which lab Sokolov is being kept in. She tries to seduce Snake, but he's having none of it. To access this lab, we need to look out for this guy, Colonel Rakov. He looks really familiar. Why do you think he looks familiar? God, it's fucking, fucking our name, not Snake. Mr. VR Boy, Gamer Boy. Raiden, yeah. Raiden, that's so, the one. So, Rakov is one of Volgan's lovers. Volgan is bisexual. Oh, and we love for, it. Yeah, we, we love it. However, Kojima does have a bit of a tendency to make all of his baddies bisexual, which is a bit interesting. I, um, I, but it is what it is. Yeah, um, yeah. And for reasons never explained, he looks just like Raiden from Metal Gear Solid 2. Never explained. There's no relation. Just is what it is, right? It's just, Honestly, it's just a wee, a wee gimmick. A wee, Very a wee nice. Good job. Um, we, so we knock him out, steal his clothes, and find Sokolov. Unfortunately, wait, wait, we steal his clothes. Wait, we steal his clothes. So he's the naked snake now. Ah, very oh. good. We steal his clothes, and most importantly of all, uh, Snake steals like this, this like decoy optimist type style disguise, so he looks just like Rakoff. Um, like yeah, he's basically wearing like a Rakoff mask, right? Okay, um, it's, it's all explained sure. through tech and stuff. I don't remember the exact explanation, but we look like Rakoff. Um. But we get there too late. Sokolov has finished building the Shagohod and it's now operational, so we're going to need to blow up the whole facility in order to stop Volgan from mass producing it. That is when Volgan and the boss appear. He is immediately suspicious of Snake, uh, who is dressed up as Rakov, and in order to confirm his identity, Volgan grabs Snake's dick to check the size of it. Excuse Yep. Oh, cause he's just love. What? And immediately from feeling it, he knows that this is not Rakov and knocks Snake out. <laughs> this is literally what the scene looks like. I mean, yeah. On one hand, genius and hysterical. On the other hand, what in the sweet fuck? <laughs> uh, we awaken. I can't in a torture chamber. I can't tell whether I should be offended or not by that. As I think that's fine. Myself, a queer person. <laughs> 
But it's good, right? I can't tell if I should be offended or not, but I'm just going to leave it on. I'm very amused. It's cool. I'll take it. Uh, so we awaken in a torture chamber, uh, surrounded by Volgan, the boss, Ocelot, and Eva, who is undercover still. Uh, Volgan kills Sokolov by electrocuting him to death, so our mm. scientist is now dead, and then starts torturing Snake. Wait, so how is he going to mass produce it then? Uh, well, no, like, Sokolov has, like, finished the plans or whatever, and now he's got he's got other engineers who just can follow a fucking how-to guide. You know, okay. It's, fine. it's like building Ikea furniture, isn't it? Building them <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, again, Monty and Chase make a Metal Gear Patreon special. <laughs> so... Um, so, yeah, so he starts torturing Snake again it's very clear that Volgan's getting a real fucking kick out of this he loves torturing people it's his fucking gem um, Volgan after torturing us and electrocuting Snake orders the boss to cut out Naked Snake's eye to prove she is on Volgan's side this is your oh. final proof uh, so the boss takes a step forward gets her dagger out and just as she's about to do it Eva tries to stop her Ocelot then gets involved, and in the ruckus, his revolver goes off and shoots out Naked Snake's eye, which is why when we become Big Boss, he has an eye patch. <laughs> through a misfire of Ocelot's revolver. GG, Ocelot. And, it, and it's, it's later, later discussed that the, the misfire happens purely because it's a revolver. I think it's like he gets a revolver without like a safety on or some shit. <laughs> um, so Snake, through giving him advice, inadvertently gets his own eye shot out. Um, so there you go. <laughs> so they, they leave. So good. Volgan's chuffed. Big Boss is like, look, I didn't cut his eye, but fucking Ocelot did, and I don't care. And Volgan's like, yeah, cool. Honestly, I trust you. I just wanted to see someone take out his fucking eye because I'm a psychopath. Um, so they all leave. Um, Snake manages to escape from the torture chamber um, and he heads off to destroy the Shagohot. But first, we need to get into a boss fight with the Sorrow, who you might remember is the ex-husband of yes. the boss, right? Uh, the Sorrow is the guy who can speak to the dead, if you remember. Now, mm -hmm. this is more of a puzzle than a straight-up boss fight. It's actually pretty sweet. Um, the Sorrow resurrects all of the people that we might have killed during our time in the game. So if you're not playing as a pacifist, this puzzle is harder because there's more bodies in your way and there's more shit to figure out. Hmm. If you play pacifist and you tranquilize people or just knock them out, uh, the puzzle is actually super easy. Um, and the whole, through the whole time, the sorrow is basically like, you know, you're destined to become like a bloodthirsty warrior, etc, etc. Uh, his dialogue changes depending on the situation. He's like, you will soon turn, or it's like, look, you've already turned to look at the people you've killed. Um, so, which is great. It's, it's good fun, good fun. Uh, we defeat him and eventually place bombs on all the fuel tanks within Volgan's facility. And just as we are about to arm them and blow all to kingdom come, uh, we overhear Volgan torturing Eva. It turns out that the real reason she was undercover was so she could steal the chip which has the Philosopher's Fortune on it. Volgan... Wait. Yeah? Wait. Yeah? Uh, it's I, not I, like a, gonna, it's not a chest of gold. I'm it's digital. So, they got fucking Bitcoin then. <laughs> the Philosopher's got fucking Bitcoin. <laughs> uh, yeah. They got their fucking Bitcoin wallet on uh, a little fast drive. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I didn't even cross my mind before, but that's God. the case. Um, Damn, fucking Hideo Kojima was fucking pre-telling the future of finance. He was so before his time. Um, so Volgan takes the chip from Eva. Uh, he gives it to the boss for safekeeping. The boss then leaves and we step out of the shadows and it's time to fight Volgan for real. And now during this fight, Eva manages to escape. Out of curiosity, yes. why is he... Because he seems to have 
uh, bullets between his fingers. Or yeah, yeah. Why does he have bullets? When uh, he, he uses a lightning it. Man? I think he uses it to like conduct the electricity or something. It's it's passively explained. Um, but yeah, that's okay. that's his whole shtick. Um, also, he just looks fucking cool. He's just a really good villain. He's a piece of shit. Um, so during this fight, yeah, Eva gets away. Ocelot watches the fate in awe from a plat. Watches, yeah, the the fate of Volgan in awe from a platform. Ocelot's above. just sitting there like. Dude, so cool. Legit. Ocelot is just like in awe. And again, he's like particularly in awe of Snake. He's like, look at this guy. He's fucking going toe to toe with Volgan. He's kicking his ass. It's great. Um, and once we defeat Volgan, uh, Volgan like on his on his knees is like, he, or- he sees Ocelot and he orders Ocelot to shoot Snake from his vantage point. Um, Ocelot refuses, claiming he made a promise to the boss not to kill us. And he then pieces out. Snake escapes meeting Eva on a nearby airfield, and the pair jump onto a motorcycle, very similar to the end of Metal Gear Solid 1, where they're on, on the fucking motorcycle escaping from Liquid. But Volgan jumps into the Shagglehod, the Metal Gear, and pursues them. Cue... Why did he not kill the Shagglehod? Well, yeah, exactly. He didn't He didn't manage to blow it in time, basically. Like, I think the, 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 the switch gets knocked out during the fight. Um, so cue big badass chase up on the airstrip, where eventually Snake blows up the Shagglehod, and Vulcan dies. With the mission over, Snake and Eva prepare to evacuate, but the game is not done being awesome yet. There is one last loose end. The boss. So the boss is waiting for us in this white lily field. And she looks badass. Her white horse is just like on the edge of our view, watching solemnly, and it's time for her to explain her motivations to us. She is sick and tired of all the wars, and the backstabbing, and the bullshit. She's sick of working for governments that don't care and don't learn their old lessons. She's sick of seeing soldiers die. I see where this is going. Yeah, yeah. She is ultimately a globalist, uh, and she's like, you know, and, and that's what she says. She doesn't necessarily tell Snake, go and make out her heaven. She doesn't say any of that, but that's her gist. She's like, look, isn't it all fucked? What if soldiers just worked for themselves? Um, she doesn't care about countries or lines. She what wants- if instead, no soldiers? Well, right? But again, the argument is that that's all they know. Right, so they, they, they can't even think outside of it. They'd be psychologically wired to just think war, 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 right? But her whole shtick is she sees everyone as one people. She doesn't see countries. She's a globalist. Uh, fair. Yeah. Now, remember when I told you towards the beginning when I introduced her that she gave birth during the D-Day landings? Yeah. The philosophers took that child away from her. And that child... Is right. Is Revolver Ocelot. Oh! The boss is Ocelot's mother. She oh. hates the philosophers as an organization for stealing her baby, uh, believing them simply to live for the cycle of war and to create a war economy. Uh, she knows the snake's final objective is to take her down. She accepts her fate and orders him to complete the mission. It's one of the best boss fights ever. Uh, the boss. Wait, is, so she does fight back though? She does fight back, but so so it's really interesting. So the boss is kill very me, tough. but I'm not gonna let you. Yeah, no. So so she's like, I'm not gonna run. It's you or me. Your mission is to take me down. Let's do it. Let's fight. You like I'm your master. You, like I'm your mentor. You're my pupil. Let's see if the student has now become the master. Um, so they, they fight. Uh, the boss is tough as a boss fight. And while you fight her, she keeps training you. So like if you get a good strike in or whatever, it's hand to hand combat. Um, and she she compliments your techniques. Um, she chucks out little hints on how to defeat her. And uh, she gives you on ideas and like how might be a good strategy to beat her. It's it's really oh, she's like, good. What's shit. her name from MGS One? Who? 
The sniper lady. Uh, yeah, yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sniper wolf is more like, you're a good soldier, well done, snake, that was a good shot. The boss is like, maybe if you dodge when I attack like this, hoo But, like, it, she's got a big health bar, it's, it is really tough despite her hints. Um, but it's just a really good boss fight, you know, it's fucking choir music in the background and everything. It's, yeah. <laughs> Iconic. Um, so we beat her, and with her down, she gives the philosopher's fortune chip to snake. Uh, she He's wants him, got the Bitcoin. Yep, she wants him to use this fortune to, to fund something, i.e. Outer Heaven, a place for soldiers without a nation. And then finally, with her on her knees, she says, you're the better man, you won. Shoot me and complete your mission. And the player has to do that. That doesn't happen in cutscene. You have to push the button. I cry, you cry, everyone cries. Oh, oof. Yeah. Uh, oh, and the, the horse, like, neighs. You know, it's like, ah! Like, yeah, feels the pain. Uh, but wait, that's not all! So Snake and Eva escape on the evac chopper and spend the night getting their shag on. When Snake wakes up the next morning, Eva is gone. I just killed my surrogate mother, let's fuck. Pretty much. Um, when he wakes up the next morning, though, Eva is gone, leaving behind a letter. And in this letter, she explains a few things. The first is that she is a double agent, or triple agent even, working for the philosophers. She has stolen the chip from Snake with all the money on it and slipped away into the night. Um... She just wanted that fuck. Yeah. The second is that the boss was not a traitor to the United States. It was all a setup by the US government to get their hands on the philosopher's fortune. The boss was meant to get in, get close to Volgan by giving him some US nukes, which they gave her to give to him. So I get at the end of the beginning, you're like, oh yeah, that's dead, he's just a nick. No, the US government gave them those nukes, gave her those nukes Wait, to as cover. Does does this not though entirely devalue her entire final moments in <clears> boss <throat> fight? Where she was like, well, well, I mean, like, I guess, I suppose, like, yes, the U.S. government dragged her into this, but still, she's still, like, carrying the mission to the end. Mm-hmm. The thought process that everybody like, had, I'm about to explain why that's a fair criticism, but it's explained. So, um, so the boss was meant to get in, get close to Volgan, give him the U.S. nukes, steal the legacy and get out, steal the fortune and get out. But that all changed when Volgan shot one of those nukes into Russian territory at the start and almost caused World War III. So the Russians were basically like, your US, a- U.S. agent has, we have reports that she has defected from you, given him your nukes to blast at our troops. You've just started World War III, to which the American government was like, fuck, we can't tell them about the mission. We need to cover this up. So they made out that the boss defected to the US against their orders. So as a result, Operation Sneak uh, Sneak Eater happened. It's all in order to cover the US government's arse. So they branded the boss as a war criminal for just following the orders they gave her in the first place. Major Zero, the guy in our ear the entire time, the US president, they were all just a bunch of assholes who knew the whole time why Snake was actually sent there to kill his old teacher, the one person in the world he cares most about. They sent him in to do that. And and he didn't they didn't tell him. Um the boss understood exactly what was happening when she saw the snake had dropped into the jungle and never told him because she understood that her death would save the world from nuclear war. Oh, that's big sad actually. Right? Right? Okay, it's... that one's that one's quite good. Good, right, All right, right, Kojima, you get one point from me. This is like the biggest tragedy of the entire series. Everybody points to this and this is why it's one of my favorite games. You get it's... one point from me, Kojima. So later, we're like in the epilogue now. Uh, the president 
um, invites Snake to come to the, the, the president's office and he tells him, uh, you are now Big Boss. You've defeated the boss. Your new title is Big Boss. But, and he tries to shake Snake's hand and Snake refuses. It's very clear that he's super pissed now that he understands everything that they did to the boss. Um, he's been betrayed by the president, his colleagues, Major Zero. He wants fuck all to do with them. The final shot of the game is him visiting the boss's grave. Oh, laying, is that sh- I know that shot. Yeah, laying white lilies on it from their battle together, saluting it, and a single tear rolls down his cheek. I, I cry, you cry, everyone cries. Oh, that's big sad. Uh, but wait, there's more. Um, oh. In the post credit scene, we hear the Ocelot making a phone call to the director of the CIA. It turns out that Eva didn't steal the Philosopher's Fortune from Snake because Ocelot switched them at the last minute. Ocelot's been working for the CIA oh, all along. Jesus, okay. <laughs> Which means that when all is said and done, the US government, the bastards, actually succeeded. They got the, they, they got the Philosopher's Fortune. See, I'd love to say this sounds convoluted, but this sounds like exactly what the US military would do. Absolutely. Yeah. So... Yeah, totally fair. Absolutely. Wait, so then why did the... They still have any power when they... Be, one, why do they become the Patriots? Why do they change their name? That's stupid. Mm-hmm. Two, how do they still have any power? Uh, questions that everybody else asked at the end of Metal Gear Solid 3. Questions that Kojima heard. And questions that Kojima went, Okay, I guess I'll make another Metal Gear game then. Um, <laughs> so MGS4 so explains that then? Metal... Part of it. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, pretty okay, much. Okay, yeah. fair enough. Um, so that is the end of Metal Gear Solid 3. The best Metal Gear Solid game, in my opinion, uh, by a country man. It's good shit. Cool. This brings us to Metal Gear Solid 4, Guns of the Patriots. Oh, I like that artwork. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, good oh, artwork. Yeah. Again, the artwork is always really, really cool. Uh, do you recognize the two characters that we're seeing? Who do you think we're um, seeing? Fuck. That t- guy, in the, guy in the right, I'm assuming, is... Oh, wait, you did mention earlier that uh, Solid Snake gets a mustache first. So I'm guessing that's Solid Snake. Cool. Guy in the left, as a result, I'm assuming is Ocelot. Cool. But looks like about 12 characters in this series all can collaborate together. Totally fair, yeah. And this is black and white, and they're merging into each other. But yeah, I love this art style. I'm You're absolutely correct. Ocelot yes, that, that's Solid Snake and, and Ocelot. Um, so when does Ocelot become a baddie? I'm assuming he goes to work for Big Boss after the events of 3, but... We're leaving the Cold War behind and racing straight back into present day. Metal Gear Solid 4 is a hefty game and had a lot riding on it. Uh, This was advertised as the conclusion to the Metal Gear Solid franchise and it serves as a farewell to Solid Snake. This is the last game where we will play as him in the franchise. I don't believe you. No, I'm telling you this right now. We do not see him after this. You've Um, said that three times. I know. And when have I been wrong so far? Every time! Um, So there are nine hours of cutscenes, not including the codec calls. I... My kind of game. It is most well known for holding the Guinness World Record for longest video game cutscene, clocking (laughs) in at an hour and 11 minutes. Holy shit! And I remember this very well personally from when I played it, because at the time I was working in a bar, I was playing Metal Gear Solid 4, and I hit that cutscene. And my mentality just before the cutscene was, right, I'm just going to get to the end of this mission, and then I'll go to work. Oh no! Yeah, yeah, and it was. (laughs) Let me tell you. The worst timing i was an hour late for work that day <laughs> so yes the fact um, that you though stuck for the game mate, comes because first. it's it's 71 minutes of answers 
That's the thing. It's 71 minutes of like, let me just fucking lay everything out for you and explain what the fuck's going on. And I was like, right. Uh, so anyway, so the year is 2014. It has been five oh, it's years. Been close. Yeah, it's been five years since the events of Metal Gear Solid 2. As Snake famously says at the beginning of the game, war has changed. No, but war never changes. No, that's what Fallout says, but Metal Gear disagrees. No, war, war never changes, man. <laughs> so since Metal Gear Solid 2, the AI patriots have basically won and taken over the world. Oh! Yeah. The world's economy is now the war economy. It relies on continuous civil wars fought by private military companies hired by the US or Russia or the UK to fight wars on their behalf. I suppose war has changed. Yeah. These mercenaries are equipped with nanomachines that monitor and enhance their performance on the battlefield. Naomi, is that you? Question mark. Why do they look like they have human feet on the bottom of their legs? Because they're creepy. So, um, let me find it. There's also these fast mechs, which the can be deployed. Metal Gears question mark? No, these Wait. are not Metal Gears. They are just mechs. They are called geckos. Every... So we've evolved past the point where we need to call every mech a Metal Gear. Pretty much, yeah. Um, the mechs only are, are just normal now. They're just mechs with guns on them. And they're AI controlled. So there's no more Metal Gears. Uh, pretty much. Um, so the series name is stupid. No. <laughs> no, <laughs> not every game needs a Metal Gear, and honestly, the sooner. Then the why someone... is the series called it? Well, because the sooner that somebody told Kojima, look, Kojima, not every Metal Gear Solid game needs a fucking Metal Gear. By this point, we're on the fourth entry. I think he was like, yeah, you're right. Um, then why did he not call it Metal Gear Snake or something? Hmm. Like Metal Cause Snake, because because this is the end of like the Metal Gear Solid story, arguably. Which arguably means it should have the coolest Metal Gear. It does. We'll get there. So. These are geckos. Uh, every every private military company has, like, a version of them that they deploy alongside their soldiers. Because, again, like, Ocelot re released these fucking blueprints. Everybody's built their own fucking mechs. Um, they're called geckos, and they're fucking horrible. Uh, they, they just are. They make weird, horrible screeching sounds. They're a bitch <laughs> to fight. They're a nightmare. Um, now, this is all controlled by a vast network called the Sons of the Patriots. So if you remember the end of Metal Gear Solid 2, we learned that the original Patriots had all died out and uploaded copies of themselves to a bunch of AI. These AI Patriots are now called the Sons of the Patriots. Wait, but they called themselves the Patriots in the Why have they changed their name? Just, just, just cause. Right? Just, so whenever I say the Sons of the Patriots, I'm talking about the Patriots. Okay? These, Who are these also AI. the philosophers. Who are also the philosophers. Because they just can't decide our name. Pretty much. Um, Snake it's now because, looks... It's because when... Oh. Uh, when they moved from Britain to America, they had to call themselves the philosophers. Mm. <laughs> uh, I'm going to give you a. Full, I mean, the sorcerers. Excuse me. Get, I, I'm going to Americans couldn't understand um, philosophers. History lesson in what the fucking deal is with the Patriots in this uh, game. So I'm ready worry. for you to explain the 90 minute cutscene. Uh, yeah, we're getting there. So Snake now looks like this. So why is his? Mm -hmm. First of all, that picture on the right really ugly. Picture on the left though. Why has his hair grayed so much in the past five years? Also, when did he lose his eye? Cast your mind back to Metal Gear Solid 1. So he has not lost his eye. Uh, this is purely like a, a digital, like, can locate enemies. So he's just trying to look like Big Boss because it's, MGS3 was a good game? It's pretty much. It's Kojima just being like, give him an eye patch, fuck it. Um, now, cast your mind back to Metal Gear Solid 1. You might remember... The snake was injected with the fox dye virus, yeah. and that the scientist Naomi Hunter had been able to slow it down. It's now starting to take effect. 
He has a year at most left to live. I thought the U.S. government had the cure. No, no, no. But was it one of the demands mm-hmm. in MGS One that they US Liquid government- Snake thought they did? Nobody ever said that they did. Liquid Snake was like, surely they've got a cure. They, Naomi hasn't been able to develop one. Um, oh. So he is no longer going by the name Solid Snake. He is now referred as Old Snake. Okay. So he has aged like substantially. He's an old man now. Um, now, Snake and BFF Otacom... <laughs> <laughs> Best <laughs> anime boy! ...have spent the past five years trying to track down Liquid Ocelot. Okay? Who is just Ocelot and Liquid combined? Yes. Uh, this is the new name that he has taken on because he's now fully possessed by the spirit of Liquid Snake. So Ocelot's gone. Ocelot's gone. Unfortunately, their search... Rest in peace, best boy. Yes. Unfortunately, their search has come up short. Luckily, old pal Colonel Roy Campbell, who's also old now, but not for virus reasons, just because he's old, comes to see them and says he has a lead. Since everything went to hell at the end of Metal Gear Solid 2, he started working directly for the UN. He knows where Ocelot is, and he wants Snake to go on one last mission to take him down for good. So Snake was in retirement, he's been brought back out of retirement. Um, and he's actually old enough to be retired now. Uh, so Snake gets dropped into some war zone in the Middle East. It is not named. Uh, mercenaries are duking it out in the streets, but that's not what we're here for. We are here to find Liquid. As we journey through the war zone, Snake sees a soldier aiming his gun and shouting at a big metal barrel. This barrel is lifted and underneath is a private military company soldier taking a shit who screams and run away. <laughs> What is it with Kojima and wanting characters to be taking shits while Solid comes up to them? This is the same character who's taking a shit when Meryl uh, pulls a gun at him in Metal Gear Solid 1. What happened to Meryl, by the way? We're about to find out. Uh, This is important, this guy, and we will come back to him later. Sure. Um, So some cool tactical stealth gameplay later, uh, and Snake infiltrates a torn up house where inside he meets Meryl. New Meryl. She's alive. Yeah, PS3 Meryl. All done up. Um, so since Metal Gear Solid 1... Her hair won, was cool in the first game. It was. She generally... The, the art style here looks a lot cooler than what we get here. Meryl's honestly a little bit insufferable in this game. Uh, but we'll talk about why in a bit. So since Metal Gear Solid 1, Meryl has started leading her own combat team, which she has named Foxhound. Isn't that neat? Uh, she's gonna oh, just, God damn it. Just, just to be cute. Let the name die. <laughs> she's got a wee squad of like six men under her control. It's like fucking people in Resi just continue to use the name Umbrella. Just let the name die. Just let the name die. Come up with a new name. Um, including the soldier. You'll let Metal Gear Solid 5 then. Uh, so including the soldier who was crapping in a barrel earlier. <laughs> so that guy is now working for Meryl. Okay. Um, his name is Johnny Sasaki and he's a big old rookie. Doesn't know what he's doing. He's our new rookie for the game. Yeah, every game's got to have a rookie. Uh, Now, Meryl is mad at Snake because he didn't call her back after the escape from Shadow Moses together in Metal Gear Solid 1. Snake's all like, oh, I'm a soldier. I feel like that's a bit late to be mad about that. It's only been five years, to be fair. But yeah, Snake's all like, oh, I'm a soldier. I'm going to die in a year. I don't have time for love. But Meryl's just fucking raging at him. Um, And we learn a few things from this conversation. The first is that Ocelot is in this war zone. He has been for a few days now. The second is that he has Dr. Naomi Hunter Oh, shit, she's still alive, too. Still alive. Uh, For reasons unknown, she is now, like, with Ocelot. The third is that when Snake asks Meryl if this has anything to do with the Patriots, she responds with, The lale lule lo? The fucking... (laughs) The fucking what now? The lale lule lo. Spelled la 
L-I-L-E-L-I-L-U-L-E-L-O. Now, any soldiers... It fucking excuse me? Any soldiers who have nanomachines inside them can't say the Patriots. It's like fucking Voldemort. So their mouth contorts, and they go like... Instead... They can't call the Patriots the Patriots. What... What is what is the logic behind? Like, what just, is the reasoning? Just so you can't say like the name of the organization, in it. But everybody clearly knows it by now. Yeah. Who fucking yeah? Anyway, number four. Oh, sorry, you still got a point to make. I'm sorry. Yes, sure. You're you are more than welcome to what the fuck so, this. Well, no. Uh, once more, pulling back the curtain. Mm. Uh, Mo- Monty and I watched uh, a cutscene from yes. MGS. Two. Two. After I explained uh, MGS2 to you. After, yes. yeah, about, about uh, a half hour ago. Um, and somebody calls them the Lale Lule Lo in that cutscene. Yeah. So did they have nanobots? Um, so we don't, probably. Uh, basically, <coughs> the, the gist is, is that... Why were they called it that far back? Yeah, everybody... Before we even knew what the Patriots even were. Everybody finished, like, um, MGS2 and were like, what the... Right, so, okay, this sort of makes sense, I guess. But what the fuck was that guy talking about at the start? The, the Lally Lully Low? What does that mean? Um, and Kojima was like, oh shit, yeah. Uh, Why did Kojima put it in the first place? <laughs> Why is it even there? Yeah, I think it's honestly, he put it in for a giggle. Like, uh, I know that Monty didn't mention it because he didn't want this brought up, but fuck it, I'm bringing it up, because why? 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 I'm sorry through my nose. He didn't want it mentioned because he doesn't know, but I want, and I demand answers. Yeah, I honestly think this is a big old retcon. Again, Kojima knows the questions that his fan base ask. It's the problem. Why did with Kojima writing. put it in in the first place, though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, sure. I mean, sure. If it's yeah. like a plot hole that made sense at the time, and yeah. then he had to give it an answer later, why put that one in at all? Especially considering again that Kojima didn't want to make this game, and he was like, it was like, it's like Snake coming out of retirement. He's like, all right, one last Metal Gear, okay. <laughs> it's like there's so many fucking plot like. Kojima problems. wanted to make Death Stranding instead. <laughs> Legit, he's been dragged into another fucking Metal Gear. So uh, the, the fourth thing that we learn is that Meryl is fucking pissed at Roy Campbell because, and stick with me here. Number one, she has learned that she is not his niece. She's actually his estranged daughter. Oh, shit. Yes. The second <clears throat> is that she thinks he's a dickhead because he's now married Rosemary from Metal Gear Solid 2, Raiden's girlfriend. Oh. Meryl thinks this is fucking gross. We Wait, will come back to that. What later. happened to Raiden? We'll come back to that later. God fucking... Okay. Snake, Meryl, and her team get into a couple of firefights. Um, and... During this time, it becomes very obvious that Meryl is A, a great leader, and B, that the whole team that works under her are fucking badass, and kicking so much ass, except for Johnny, who literally shits himself during one of the fights. Because he's a rookie. Um, and can't seem to get it together. Yeah. Uh, eventually, we meet our see from a distance, our wacky bosses of this game, wreaking havoc on some soldiers in the war zone. So we have... Let's let's see the names. Laughing oh. Octopus, a stealth expert who's prone to outbursts of manic laughter. They missed out on calling her Medusa. Crying Wolf, a badass sniper with super speed who's prone to outbursts of crying, often found inside this dog-like costume when she's not being a sniper. That is not a costume. That is uh, a suit, rather. That yeah. looks really painful. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, like, that looks have... like it would break her legs. 
Uh, Raging Raven, demolitions experts with a suit that makes her fly. She is prone to outbursts of anger and rage. Okay, I like that one. No, they're all prone <laughs> I, to outbursts. No, no complaints on this one. Um, and Screaming Mantis, master of psychic abilities. God. to outbursts of screaming. Fuck it, this is a time to fucking plug it into player two again. So what you'll notice is that we have like... Another octopus, decoy octopus. Uh, another wolf, like sniper wolf. Uh, another raven, like Vulcan raven. And another mantis, like psycho mantis. I'm going to be honest, I only noticed that with the last one because yeah. psycho mantis is fucking stupid. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so great. Psycho mantis is the one that you really remember. So, um, <clears throat> so we'll come back to that. Uh, they are all female. They work for Ocelot and they make up a team called the Beauty and Beast Unit. It's good stuff. Okay. Um, they, they all independently suffer from PTSD. They've been through some absolute and shit. And so Ocelot shoves them into <clears throat> more war. Uh, and, and the Beauty of Beast unit um, have essentially come out embracing violence as a means to overcome that trauma. Uh, something, something, um, trauma of war, something, something theme. Uh, right? I, I, I don't agree, but okay. Mm? Sure. Oh, no, it's not necessarily a good thing. Um, like, th- this isn't meant to be a, a healthy thing for them to do. It's just, this is like, they are soldiers and they are unable to remove themselves from that mindset. There is no support to help. I'm also, and this is a stupid complaint, but I'm really bothered by the fact that uh, Psycho Mantis Part 2 mm-hmm. has four arms on her right side and three arms on her left. What are you talking about? Look, she's got one arm, two arm, three arm, one arm, two arm, three arm, four arm. Oh, I've never noticed that before. Well, that is. A I only noticed it. No, mate, you're missing that one. Oh, you're right. Because so I was I was looking at the knives. Sides. I'm like, she has two knives, and that, but only one knife. I missed that. Okay, never mind. So eventually, Snake, Merrill, and her team make it to the airfield where Ocelot is hiding out. Soldiers are closing in on him, but he doesn't seem particularly worried. He raises a walkie-talkie to his mouth and hisses, "Activate it." Suddenly, everyone, Meryl, Snake, all the soldiers, start to grab their heads. We have to say that in a British accent. Sorry, yes. Activate it! <laughs> foam at the mouth and start collapsing. It is an absolute shit show. Like, Ocelot is clearly in control here. Everyone's on the ground screaming. Um, speaking of shit shows, Johnny strangely seems unaffected. Ocelot sees Snake and speaking as Liquid is like, Brother, sup, isn't this cool? What I can do now? And then jumps into a helicopter and leaves. Um, so we awaken a day later on a helicarrier. Otacon is there and he's checking up on us and suddenly a little girl appears. Sunny Gerlukovich, daughter of Olga Gerlukovich. Oh. Mm-hmm. The ninja from Metal Gear Solid 2. Sure. So if you remember how Raiden promised he'd rescue her when she was dying, she was like, rescue my daughter, fucking save her. And oh shit, would. the one who got captured by the Patriots. Yeah. So I he, do he, remember. He did, he kept or the Lale Lula look. The Lale Lula look. Well, he kept his word, and now Snake and Otacon have like adopted her, basically. Aww. Yeah, she doesn't do much, but she keeps cooking eggs. Gay dads, gay dads, gay dads. 100%. Yeah, everybody ships this, just Snake and Otacon just chilling with their adopted daughter, having a good old Thing. I um, love everything about this. Yeah, right? Yeah, legit. And they've been doing this for five years, bear in mind. Like, they're five five years long. The, two, these two fucking bros just, like, chilling together. Um, <laughs> two bros and their daughter. <laughs> this is the ideal, like, fatherhood yeah. dynamic. It's just two bros. So we get a message from Naomi. Uh, she tells them that Ocelot has captured her and is oh. forcing her to do some research into nanomachines for him because Wait. no scientist in this franchise ever does fucking science just because they fancy it. They're always captured and forced to do it against their will. Uh, Ocelot wants to seize control of the Patriots' AI, but in order to do so, he needs to figure out how these nanomachines work. 
the ones put into all the soldiers. Based on what just happened in the Middle East, it looks like he's pretty close. End of Act 1. There are five acts. Are you... What? Metal Gear Solid 4 is a long game. Excuse me? Snake follows a tip in Act 2 from Naomi and heads off to South America, where he quickly spots Laughing Octopus, who's wearing his face, Solid Snake's face, Old Snake's face. It's horrible. It's good shit. It's really fucking... Uh, just because she can, same way Decoy Octopus could, you know, I could just, like fucking use tech to, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, and also she is joined by Vamp. Yeah, he's back, baby! <laughs> Vamp is working with the Beauty and Beast unit, tasked with hunting down the snake. Working our way up to a complex where we think Naomi's been hit, being held prisoner, Snake suddenly starts to get weird calls on his codec, warning us of upcoming traps. Oh, he's still got us, a codec. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, giving us helpful hints, etc. He and we, the player, very quickly notice that this is clearly the voice of Raiden. Campbell explains Wait. to us... Mm-hmm. He's in his simulations... <clears throat> He's in the simulation. He's got his VR headset on. Uh, Campbell explains to us that Raiden dropped off the face of the Earth just a few months after he found and rescued Sonny Gerlukovich, the wee girl. Uh, he wasn't able to handle the trauma of all that mind fuckery that he went through, so he just fell apart, got really drunk, went out looking for fights at nighttime, and then one day he just vanished. I mean, fair. Yeah. Or I don't blame him. So anyway, we, we, we find Naomi, um, and she explains a bit more about what's happening with these nanomachines. Um, basically, it turns out that the soldiers aren't just genetically strengthened. These new nanomachines' main function is to suppress all of their emotions. Did she make the nanomachines this time? Uh, y- is, is there, yeah, I would say yeah. I think it's a safe assumption to say yes. I can't really confirm that 100%. So why is she now telling us how to beat them? Oh, she doesn't want them to work. She's been getting forced to do this by, by like, Oslo or whatever. Oh, okay. Or it's classic Naomi where she's, she's fucking... Look, Naomi's, Naomi is very difficult to figure out as far as where her allegiances lie. Um, but regardless, Ocelot has developed some equipment which lets him unlock that suppression that soldiers feel, which is why they collapse. They, they basically get like sensory overload of all the shit that they can't process on the battlefield. You know, something, something, trauma of war, something, something, theme. You're beginning to see a bit of a consistent through line here. Um, Naomi gets Snake to strip so that she can do a couple of quick tests on him. Nice. Uh, and starts to cry when she sees just how old and fucked up his body is. Um, yeah, it's, it's, really, it's her fucking fault! Yeah, it's her fault, and also it's really grim, and Snake's just standing there, like, fucking half-naked, like, look, I don't feel good about this either. Hi, <laughs> please don't cry when you see my penis, I'm very self-conscious. Yeah, like, can you fucking not, please? <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, she also uh, learns... But he's still got a real tight ass. He you does. Can see that? Yeah, that's, that's, that's stealth suit looking good. GG Snake. Um, so Naomi also learns from these tests that fox dye in his blood has started to mutate. Not only does Snake ba- have barely six months left to live, in three months he will become a walking biological weapon that oh. spreads the virus to anybody he comes into contact with. Snake openly says that he plans to kill himself before then. Yeah, dark shit. This is our hero, everybody. Yeah. But... Wh- mm-hmm. wh- why would he be... Is he a bioweapon because he would spread it? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought, like, he would, like... like in three months, how many comes weird... in contact with him, we'll just die. Okay, I thought he was gonna, like, have a weird, like, emotional change and, like, suddenly... No, no. Yeah, no. Oh, uh, yeah. No, so he's like, look, in th- I, I intend to kill myself in three months. This ain't much fun. I'm fucking old and it's horrible. I'm just gonna finish this mission and then I will die. That's my plan. Um, which is dark shit, but there you go. And now, before Snake can evacuate Naomi from, from the base and take her back to the helicarrier, uh, Laughing Octopus 
arrives. Cue fun wee boss fight where we take her down. Snake takes her camouflage suit after this battle. Um, reuniting with Naomi, the two are about to leave for good, and then Vamp appears. Snake waits absolutely no fucking time. Straight up, sees him, boom, shoots him in the head. Not no! wasting, yeah, not wasting any fucking time. Vamp iconically states, "I'm gonna take a nap." And falls unconscious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the big fucking bullet hole in his head. Because um, he can't die because he's a fucking vampire. Uh, a bunch of mechs, soldiers, and geckos appear. Everything starts to blow up. Things look bleak. And then suddenly, bam, Raiden appears. He's now full cyborg ninja. Yeah. What? Look at him. Isn't he great? He looks really dumb. He looks great. He looks really fucking dumb. <laughs> fucking shite. He looks badass. He looks so shite. <laughs> right, well, in action, he's badass. So he absolutely wrecks everything, uh, but Vamp begins to regain consciousness while Ryan's looks like taking out all the soldiers, and eventually he beats the shit out of Raiden. Um, Snake and Naomi manage to rescue Raiden, and everybody escapes South America, but Raiden is in super bad shape and will be out of commission for a while before he passes out fucking useless no he fucking he's the reason why he managed to escape right nah, he's useless uh, before he passes out he fucking tells anime boy he tells snake that his next step needs to be to go and find quote big mama so what yep we need to go and find big mama why did kojima can you please name people fucking normally <laughs> I can't do this much longer, my dude. <laughs> so I can't. I've been in this fandom for four hours, and I'm exhausted. Oh, and also, Na- wait, there's more. Uh, Naomi explains that Vamp isn't actually a vampire. He's just got nano machines which make him behave like one. All of the fun bullshit supernatural stuff. The answer is nano machines. It is the most polarizing part of so, this game. So it's Resi in that everything is a T virus, pretty much. Also, um, I, I, this, it's at times like this where I wish that this wasn't just an audio podcast, so our lovely viewers could see how exhausted you, you are. Like I look at just this bullshit. You've aged fifty years since we did. This. I am old um, snake. So it, it is. It is a major, po- majorly polarizing part of this game. Specifically, I mean, to be fair, at least they're consistent with the nano machines. Yeah. I, I don't particularly mind it. To be to be fair, it's more consistent than Resi was with the fucking viruses. No, yeah, yeah. It's just a shame so, because it's like Kojima. I kind of wish. I, like I make it supernatural. Have a vampire. I don't well, fucking care. I think the thing know? is, it's the only like. Well, I guess you got psychomantic. Yeah, the psychic people as well. It's all fucking nanomachines making their brains good and shit. Like, it's it's, it's, it's all waved away. And it's given in-depth explanations, which are so full of gobbledygook and shite. Ultimately, okay, I, I it do boils love, down to nanomachines. I do love gobbledygook explanations. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And again, it's like, if you wanted to, you could find a very logical, rational explanation of like how nanomachines equate that being a vampire. I don't have fucking time for that. Um, and I find it to be my least favorite part. Part three. Explain the nano machines. Like I, I personally, I'm very much in the camp of like Kojima. Just let the supernatural be supernatural. That's where the fun comes from. Um, but yeah, so so there you go. Uh, that's how that's. It's literally a waved way in like half a half a scene where Naomi fucking explains it. Um, anyway, aboard the helicarrier, Naomi and Otacon start having a couple of 
moments. Just a few looks, here and there, uh, you know, but they're, they're clearly thirsty as fuck for each other. Uh, Naomi's exposition dump continues after she tells us about Vamp being full of nanomachines. Uh, Ocelot is in Eastern Europe. He has learned that the only way to access the Sons of the Patriots AI is through the genetic code of... Big Boss. Why? And most importantly of all, Chase, apparently Big Boss is not dead. <laughs> oh, well, no, okay, that's not entirely true. He's brain dead, but his body is alive. He's basically been kept in this vegetative state Which is by the US government. why in MGS1 mm-hmm. they... Liquid asked for the remains of Big Boss, absolutely. Why did Liquid know that? I mean, you could assume that you probably figured it out. Did, you know, if fucking Naomi knows, who'd say Liquid couldn't learn that? But... Bear in mind, Naomi worked for Liquid before she changed her mind, so she could probably tell Liquid but, that at that time. But, <laughs> Which part? Which part are you struggling with here? Everything. <laughs> okay, wait for it. The team all agreed to go to Eastern Europe and to close Act 2, Otacon and Naomi shag in a helicopter. In the, in the helicopter? Yeah, yeah. Like so, in no, front of everyone else? No, so they're in a helicarrier, and in that helicarrier is a helicopter, and uh, while it's like parked in the helicarrier, uh, Naomi and Otacon go and like sh- have a quick hump in, in, the, in, no. the, in the helicopter. Unacceptable, because <laughs> it should be Otacon and Snake. Absolutely, and also fuck Naomi, because she's the fucking worst. I don't like Naomi. Straight up, she's the fucking worst. Um, the game tries to make you like her, she's the fucking worst. Um, anyway, end of act two. Act 3 opens in Enter Eastern European City here. It is yeah, very vague. Uh, it's, it's foggy and gloomy and the streets are empty. Our mission is to find Big Mama. To avoid detection... So we're going to find uh, Madame Dimitrescu. Yes. Um, <laughs> in the insert uh, Eastern European city here. Insert Resident Evil reference here. Um, to avoid detection, Snake uses Laughing Octopus's camouflage, which he stole from her after the boss fight, and wears his younger face to give us a bit of a sense of like what he actually would look like had the fox die not, not aged him. It's just a little bit of fan service for the for the fans from Kojima. It's like this is what he would look like if he wasn't fucking ancient. Um, but he looks cooler ancient. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. I agree. Um, it obviously doesn't work though because after about five minutes, Meryl, who's also in the city, and her team find him. Uh, she's all like, "Well, I mean, if he was trying to disguise himself, he would do somebody else's face and not his." Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, so yeah, Meryl's basically like, "Look, we are now going after Ocelot as well. The UN UN have ordered us to." Um, you are too old. Keep the fuck out of it and stay out of my way. And Snake wow, is... Wow. Yeah, yeah, what a bitch. Um, S- Snake is visibly hurt by this. Like, the scene really takes a moment to almost, like, really remind us, like, Snake is not happy about, like, what's happening to him. Um, and that really fucking cuts him to the core. Um, anyway, so eventually we find Big Mama. Finding Big Mama uh, happens quite quickly. And when we do infiltrate her house and come face to face with her, it's none other than Eva. Boom. Bomb dropped. Eva introduces herself as Snake's mother. Boom. Another bomb dropped. It turns out that Eva and Big Boss reunited years after the events of Operation Snake Eater. And she was the mastermind uh, behind Les Enfants Terribles. The Big Boss cloning project created Solid, Liquid and Solid as Snake. Boom. Mike, you get the idea, right? Lost. Why not? This is where our this is our seventy-one minute long cutscene. Oh, is it really? This is all the answers, all the exposition. 
so there's another big old exposition dump, arguably the most important one yet. Would you call it a lore dump? I would call it So let's talk Patriots. Um, I am going to lay out the timeline from the start uh, so we are all on the same page because it's been very convoluted up until now. So, World War One. Twelve people come together afterwards and are like, damn, war sucks, we're rich, let's form an organisation, pull our resources and help war-stricken countries. They form the Philosophers and are a bunch of good, good guys, good lads. Uh, as the years go on, the Philosophers bring in more people to the organisation. It's no longer twelve, it's twenty, it's fifty. It's the 30. Illuminati grows. Yeah. Um, and the philosophers end up splitting off into factions and start to fight with each other, a bit of infighting. Uh, World War II obviously doesn't help, um, and some of them become bitter, some of them start to bend the rules, and the philosophers break down. Operation Snake Eater happens. The US government get their hands on the philosophers' massive fortune. Major Zero decides to use this fortune to found the Patriots. Major Zero is the founder of the Patriots. Wait. Wait. The guy in our ear, Metal Gear Solid 3. Oh, wait, the Patriots who are not the... Philo- wait, the, so the Patriots aren't the... Philo- Philosophers are an organisation, got all their money, got all their stuff. Good guys want to help people after war. World War Two happens, they split off and basically disband. Uh, Snake Eater happens... Why do they have the same image as the Patriots? It's just Kojima confusing us. This is why I've laid this out so it's crystal okay. clear. Okay. So Major Zero has this thing. It's like, right, the philosophers are no more. Let's form a new organization with the same sort of ideas um, called the Patriots. Uh, he works with a bunch of people, but most notably he works with Eva, Ocelot, and a very reluctant Big Boss to form the organization. Basically, Zero and Big Boss are both like, look, this is what the boss wanted. They wanted, she wanted a patriot. She wanted people to not be about their countries and their armies and shit. What she wanted was a home for soldiers. We create the patriots and we can create that. We can create a world where soldiers then are always needed. Ocelot created the patriots, why is he against the patriots? We'll get there. So its goal was to create a world without borders, the Patriots at the time, uh, where knowledge and information could be shared freely like the philosophers. They, they wanted to help people, that was the original plan. But as time went on, Major Zero's lust for power turned towards more violent plans to create a world like we see in Metal Gear Solid 4. Uh, Big Boss didn't like this, so told Zero to go fuck himself and left with Ocelot to go and form Outer Heaven. So Ocelot and Big Boss became best friends. Like, they worked together after the events of Snake Eater, about ten years after Snake Eater. They went off and they, they decided to form Outer Heaven and wait, become a rule. Wait, group. wait, wait. So, 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 so in, in MGS4, there is a bunch of military people yes. who work for no country. Yes, bunch of Which PNCs. is exactly what Major Zero wanted. But Big Boss didn't want that. So he went off to create a military that doesn't answer to a country. No, 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 <laughs> so, no, no. So Big um, Boss went off to do the exact same thing Major Zero wanted. Not, not quite. So just on his own. Right, so it, it's, it's, the, the, okay, so the, the, almost the running, the joke, the, the jo- when I say joke, I mean it's kind of the point you're almost, uh, you're acknowledging the same stuff that Kojima is acknowledging, is the, this is not a feud which should have happened. These are two men who are very much aligned in their ideals, who fell out over tiny nuances, 
and and ultimately were like, ah, fuck you, nah, fuck you, fuck. It's about two friends who fucking fought over like a girl, you know, over nothing, and it was it was just shite. So yeah, so so they basically Big Boss was like fuck you, Major Zero. Major Zero was like fuck you, Big Boss. And what that essentially created was its own Cold War. Fuck U.S. and Russia. The real Cold War being fought was between the Patriots and Big Boss, right slash Oswald. Um, and that's that's very much what the game comments on. Big Mama really points it out. It's like it was a war over nothing. It was a war. It's two men fighting over their own fucking egos. They both could have just joined up and aligned, um, but that was the way it was. Um, the thing that Big Boss really didn't like was that Major Zero, <clears throat> while they were all together, created Les Enfants Terribles. It was Major Zero's idea to create clones of Big Boss. Big Boss did not fucking like that at all. Wait, so Big Boss wasn't involved in creating his not own Not involved. He found out, but he, he was not happy How about it. How did they make clones of him without... Okay, I mean, you can nick his him. fucking blood in it. It's like, it takes two seconds. Boom, boom, boom. You know, Eva thought he was on board. Apparently he wasn't. It was a whole thing. Uh, so that was another reason why they fell out. It was just two, two fucking idiots. Just two old men that fell out over very little. Um... But that's that's the gist. Now, eventually, the Patriots became an empty shell. Zero created five... I fucking told you he was going to be a baddie. Though. Absolutely, yeah. Zero is arguably our big, 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 big bad. Um, Zero created five AIs to run it, and they took over. We've already taken one down, GW. Oh, so there's now. not 11. It's not 11. It's f- actually five. Why is there not 11? Just because, fuck it, fuck it. Zero made five just because, right? Had to make... So what happened to that's 11? That's number. Well, yeah, but like, it wasn't 11, it was actually 5. Like, that information was wrong, <laughs> basically. God, fuck it. Yeah, but that's what we're told in MGS too, is that there was like 12 out there and it's not. So This is just Kojima saying, I don't want to make 10 more games after this. Yeah, let's make it I'll nice make 4 more. Um, so we have met and destroyed one of these 5 AIs already in MGS 2, GW. It turns out that one of the AIs, one, we've got 4 left, one of the AIs remaining, known as John Doe, not a president's name, John Doe, is like the core of the Patriot system, and that's what Liquid Ocelot is after. It's basically like this, this John Doe AI is like the boss of all the other AIs. It's like all feeds into John Doe, right? Okay. Yeah, are you are you are you up to date? That's everything I'm, I can tell you about the Patriots at this point. I'm overwhelmed, but caught up. Cool. Uh, pretty much like everybody else. Um, <laughs> Eva has Big Boss's body. She shows it to Snake. Um, it's it's not good. It's not in a good. It's not in good shape. Uh, it's it's muscle and bone. You can't even tell it's Big Boss. Like it is, but it, you can't even tell it's Big Boss. Um, it's it's a fucking. It's in a bag. It's horrible. Um, the pair plan to get it out of the country and as far away from Liquid Ocelot as they can, but they're interrupted by Ocelot's forces and Raging Raven. Now, we battle Raging Raven and we kick her ass, but Eva is pierced in the abdomen. She's okay, but she's she's really hurt. Uh, we get to a riverbank and plan to escape the city by boat, but whoops! Ocelot is already here along with everyone else. Where's his revolver? Ah. He's just got finger guns now. Mm-hmm. Like, everyone is here. Ocelot's here. Meryl and her team are here. Vamp's here. Snake and Eva are here. And Naomi's here. She sold out Snake and Otacon. God yeah. damn it. She's working with Ocelot. God damn she, yeah. she had her shag. That's all she wanted. Legit. Uh, Ocelot kicks Snake's ass. Just fucking wrecks us. Um, and explains that he has managed to recreate the Patriot AI GW. From Metal Gear Solid 2, and he now has that under his control. Um, yep. Exhausting. Yep. He wants to take control of it, 
Uh, he wants to take control of all the rest of the Patriot AIs, right? Starting with John Doe. You get John Doe, you take control of the system. Um, Meryl's like, oh, you're surrounded, you end. Look, my soldiers, I've got helicopters. Shut up, get down the ground. Ocelot just thinks this is the funniest fucking thing he's ever heard. Um, he, he laughs for like a solid two minutes and sets Big Boss's body on fire. <laughs> he's like, look... Can't do shit without Big Boss's body, can you, you dicks? And just, like, fucking lights it on fire. Okay. Um, I'm still unclear, though, on why they need Big Boss's body. Uh, because... Uh, so am I. <laughs> so am I. Just, just know that, like... You don't, right? And what I mean by that, I'm not hiding anything from you. When we get when we get to the end, it's not really that important that whether or not we have Big Boss's body or not. Um, so don't stress about it. But for now, this is a big deal. Like, oh my god, he just fucking set Big Boss's body on fire. Oh um, no! So, yeah, so so basically, Meryl then, like, seeing the body being lit on fire, Meryl's like, that's clearly got not good news. Like, Snake seems upset about that, and if he's upset, I'm upset. So she orders her soldiers to open fire, and then in one of the most badass moments of Metal Gear history, none of their guns work. Ocelot declares that he's managed to get access to all of the Patriot AIs except for John Doe, actually. He can control all military equipment now except for the nukes. He raises two finger guns Why except for the, the nukes? Don't know. John Doe's the only one that controls the nukes. Um, he raises two so finger guns... So despite the fact that he controlled the nukes before, now only John Doe controls the nukes, even the ones that he had before. I'm talking the world's nukes. All the nukes ever. The ones John that Doe shouldn't has... exist anymore because NATO disarmed everybody. Yeah, but remember, to be fair to the series... He released a bunch of plans, so there's a bunch of Metal Gears out there. So, like, okay, he Metal, the Metal Gears, Gears, but not nukes. Okay, sorry, he can control all the Metal Gears, right? Oh, Which okay. are basically all the nukes. Oh. So he raises two finger guns in the air and just starts blasting people with his fucking finger guns. Now, as a result, what he's actually done is he's turned all the soldiers' guns against each other. So when he's shooting people, they're getting shot with real bullets, but it's like soldiers are being controlled by him, like with the nanomachines that are shooting each other, right? The fucking helicopter goes down, everything goes on fire, and he's up on this fucking boat just like nah, 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 nah. and he's literally like as he's doing it he is actually going like bah, 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 bah. <laughs> like he's war- he's vocalizing the word bam 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 it's fucking awesome i love him but this um, is so stupid oh yeah it's, it's so stupid but it's so good rock music's blaring it is like one of the best parts of the entire game um and ultimately as everything's blowing up around them ocelot escapes uh, now, an explosion knocks Meryl overboard, but Johnny rescues her. He takes off his map, and bam, he is hot as hell. Oh. Yeah, Johnny's actually hot. Yeah, no, he's... He's hot as fuck, though. I dig it. Right? So well, Johnny's hot. But, like, in kind of that, like, private school rich boy kind of mm. hot. Yeah, I get Like, it. he doesn't look like your average kind of guy's hot. He looks like, mmm, spoiled rich on daddy's money. Kind of hot. Yeah, he doesn't speak like that, but yeah. <laughs> so um, anyway, uh, he, whilst Johnny's being hot over there with Meryl and he saves her life, uh, Eva, meanwhile, dies in Solid Snake's arms, or Old Snake's arms. Uh, I cry, you cry, everyone cries, end of Act 3. Uh, back on the helicarrier, we learn that Liquid needs the nukes for, for fucking reasons. Uh, it doesn't really, honestly, I don't remember why. It doesn't matter. He just, he wants control of the nukes. And he's managed to find the only nuke in the whole world which John Doe will not have access how 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 metal gear rex yup we are talking metal gear solid one snake's like all right we need to secure rex he kill it we we like blew it up and it crashed but like it's presumably still there you could probably repair it so that's okay but it still has a live nuke in it probably like 
<laughs> it's got like a real gun or something. I don't remember. Look, the, 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 the point is we need to go and get Metal Gear Rex before Ocelot gets to it Just and to destroys check. it. Does John Doe control the nukes or the Metal Gears? I don't remember. A bit of both. A bit of both. Mainly the Metal Gears. Let's just say the Metal Gears, right? To, for simplicity's sake. Okay. Um, so the, the point the point is... You're missing the point. The point is, is that we get to go back to Shadow Moses on PS3. Okay. Act 4 is basically one big nostalgia trip. Uh, we get to re-explore Shadow Moses in crisp PS3 detail compared to the PlayStation mm, 1 version. I was, I was about to say, yeah. PS3 <clears throat> conk, PS3 crisp is a... I mean... It's it's still very pretty. in our PS5 generation, uh, with the graphics all so like you, you and it is it's pure nostalgia. Um, so you, your first couple of minutes on the island is literally replaying the opening of the PS1 game with the graphics all crappy and the camera angle fixed and stuff. And ah, oh, it's just good shit. Um, like Old Snake even looks like Solid Snake at first before it transitions, and it's like him having a, a reliving the memory of where it all began. Um, yeah, it's it's good stuff. Um, as we're exploring, we we hear bits of dialogue float through, like the moment Snake and Otacon met for the first time like the moment the grey fox died like it's, this is like it's one good. of my japanese animes legit that's like that's what you hear and <laughs> like of course as a player like oh, yeah i forgot about that that's cute um it's good stuff it's one of the coolest things kojima's like ever designed it is really eerie and beautiful at the same time um the the the, the shadow moses theme fully orchestrated plays distantly in the back sound oh it's just See, good stuff. i feel like this would be a lot cooler if it was maybe the start of Metal Gear 1 and not Metal Gear Solid 1? Mm, I would disagree with you, purely because less people have played Metal Gear 1 rather than Metal Gear Solid 1, which everybody has played, um, who are fans of the series. I was about to say, um, yeah, yeah. I guess I'm not in everyone. <laughs> so it's good. Uh, we even fight Crying Wolf here in the exact same arena as where we fought Sniper Wolf. And the wolves from Metal Gear Solid 1 come out, and if you're nice to them and give them treats, and you get treats, and you give them treats and shit, they give you like little love hearts that pop above their head, it's great. It's just, It's just fucking great. It's just like, oh my god, it's an absolute, like, trip. Um, eventually, anyway, we find Metal Gear Rex. Uh, it's in bad shape, but it's it's potentially fixable. And uh, Otacon gets to work fixing it, and then, boom, Vamp appears again. And boom, Vamp, Naomi's here. Vamp had a nap. Legit, Vamp's had his nap, you'll notice the, the bullet hole in his head. That's the more snake <laughs> shot him. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so Naomi's here, and she's all, like, being weird and seductive, and she's, like, humping Vamp, Vamp's leg and shit. Um, cue a boss fight with Vamp where we need to hold him off. That's the goal. Uh, just as things are looking dire, because basically as long as Alcon can get Metal Gear Rex up and fully operational. Uh, just as things are looking dire, who arrives but Raiden, here as backup. He's healed from his injuries. Um, he cuts Vamp in half and kills him for good. Vamp does not return. That is Vamp's death. Naomi is like, oh, like, I'm actually on your side for realsies, and explains she has like because I want to bump again. Pretty much, like she, she has, she says she has like cancer or something. Uh, she tells Snake where he can find, like, oh, oh, where they can find Ocelot before she dies of cancer. Like then and there, she just like dies of cancer, like in the fucking hangar. Uh, what? I, I, I don't really remember. Naomi's fucking shite. All right, um, just she, uh, Naomi's fucking dead. Um, cue a fun section. Where we escape Shadow Moses inside Metal Gear Rex. Just kicking so much ass and surprisingly it controls like a dream. Okay, this <clears throat> this feels just like fan service the game. Absolutely. This entire mission is pure unbridled fan service. We get another one-on-one -on -one with Vamp, one of the most iconic bosses. We get to fucking play in Metal Gear Rex. We get to re-explore Shadow Moses. Naomi dies. Like, I couldn't be happier right now. <laughs> <laughs> 
but yeah, good stuff. Um, so yeah, anyway, so we're, we're kicking ass, and then boom, Ocelot appears. <gasps> and he's inside Metal Gear Ray from Metal Gear Solid 2. What? Oh my god! Ah! I feel like at this point, they've developed considerably better Metal Gears. No. You never get any better than Metal Gear Ray. Metal Why? Gear Ray is like the ultra Metal Gear. Why? Well, I don't know. How would you improve Metal Gear Ray? I would make it not susceptible to being blown up. No, this isn't like a, you can be blown up with a fucking rocket launcher. This is like, in order to destroy Metal Gear Ray, you need to pretty much fucking nuke it. Like, Metal Gear Ray is pretty much impenetrable. It's a kaiju. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. So yeah, Metal Gear Ray is like the big bad, right? So it's like, big boss fight, where the two Metal Gears like duke it out. You're Metal Gear Rex from the first game, Ocelot's a Metal Gear Ray from the second game. You're absolutely kicking ass. Um, and then, like, as, as you're working through it, uh, like, you hit some rubble, Raiden gets crushed by some rubble, and loses both of his arms in the process. Oh no! Yeah. Um, anyway, we're back, and back to the fight. now he's gonna get Liquid's arms and get possessed. <laughs> but back to the fight. So we absolutely trash Metal Gear Ray just through sheer fucking tenacity. Um, we, we beat the shit out of it, but Rex is properly fucked up as well. And it turns out that this was all a ruse. Ocelot did not need any of this shit. He's built his own military fortress, like a mini Arsenal Gear from Metal Gear 2, as you remember, Metal Gear Solid 2. Yep. Except this one has like a Mount Rushmore of snake faces in the front of it. <laughs> <laughs> Mount Snakemore? Yeah, Outer Heaven. Uh, he's like, I call it my Outer Heaven, because he's like, oh, everyone's trying to fucking create Outer Heaven. But it's got like all the fucking snakes and shit. So it's like, that's Big Boss, that's Old Snake, that's like Young Snake, and then that's like Boss from like the fucking 80s before like he got killed in Zanzibarland. Um, but yeah. Jesus um, Christ, this yeah. is a mess. He, he does it because he's like obsessed and he's like, I fucking love Big Boss, don't I? Look at me, I'm fucking great. Um, Ocelot calls it Outer Haven, not Outer Heaven, Outer Haven after Big Boss's Outer Heaven uh, because he's a funny bastard. Ocelot escapes, Snake passes out, end of Act 4. And then we enter our final act. Are you ready for this? No, not at all. Act five opens aboard a warship. Okay. It's time for the final battle. The sure. whole gang is here. Snake, Meryl, fucking Roy Campbell, Mailing from the first game, you might remember. Why uh, is she here? She, she's now like a fucking Navy commander Just or something. Just to flirt with Snake again? Yeah, no, she's not here to flirt. She's here to fucking lead. She leads like a badass fucking battalion of Navy ships now. I, um, I can get behind it. Yeah, she, she doesn't do it much else. She just like fires rockets and stuff. Um, GW is on Outer Haven. So the mission is very simple. Get onto Ocelot's ship. Upload a virus which Naomi designed to GW to stop his control of the Patriots and take Ocelot down for good. Everyone makes amends. Uh, Roy Campbell and Meryl make up. Everyone silently forgives Naomi for dicking them about because she did help in the end. Wait, but she's dead! Yeah, she's she's dead, but like everyone's like silently makes peace with that because okay. she, she gave them before she died like a virus to take down GW. Um... Snake and Otacon come to terms that Snake will likely die on this mission, and this will be their final goodbye. But their daughter... But their daughter. Big battle on the warship. Snake and Meryl make it inside, but wait, oh no, Meryl's being controlled, oh no, it's Screaming Mantis, it's like the first game, ah, what are we gonna do? And so Johnny appears and saves Meryl from Mantis's control, and as Snake, we take down Screaming Mantis, but oh no, her suit's coming back to life, even though we beat her, what are we gonna do? We hear the familiar voice of Psycho Mantis. His spirit has returned from the grave <laughs> and is using his psychic powers to get revenge on Snake. He repeats his mind-reading trick, but oh no, because we're playing on PS3, there's no external memory card. He freaks out and the suit explodes. <laughs> <laughs> 
Do they literally make a fucking meta joke about how there's not external gravity? As in, Psychomantis literally goes like, what is this? Where is your memory card? Oh no, you're playing on PS3! And then like, he blows up. He actually recognizes He, he uh, uses the term PS3, yeah. PlayStation 3, I think, yeah, yeah. It's good shit. It's like I fan need service. To, I need to see this. I'm gonna no, look no, this no. I will, after, I will show you. I will show after, you after. After, yeah. after, after. So Johnny and Meryl start to get a little romantic. Ooh. Uh, Johnny doesn't have any nanomachines in him because when they were off to get given their shots, he ducked out because he hates needles. And that's why he hasn't been controlled every time Ocelot attacks. He asks Meryl to marry him, says he's loved her since the moment that she took... All of, stripped him of all of his clothes in Metal Gear Solid 1 and fucking wore them. Um, and she's like, nah, I'm a strong independent woman, so instead I'm going to ask you to marry me. Um, it sounds like I'm not giving this romantic subplot the time it deserves, but this is pretty much exactly how it goes. It's dumb cheesy madness and I love it. Love did bloom, after all, even on the battlefield. <laughs> to a guy who shits himself. <laughs> to a guy who shits himself. Uh, back to Snake. So in order to gain access to the AI core and upload the virus, he needs to work through this massive, long, radioactive corridor. He has a coughing fit outside of it and is having just a shit that is clearly close to the end. Um, some soldiers arrive and are about to gun him down. But it's not been six months! It's not been six months. But to be fair, radioactive corridor in it, so it's like he's, yeah. yeah. Um, there's like an understanding that whoever goes in, probably gonna die. Um, so, and Snake's like, I'll do it because I'm gonna die soon anyway, and it's my fucking way to go. Um, so, but at the last minute, when soldiers arrive, boom, Raiden appears once again. Now, because Raiden has lost his arms, he's carrying his sword in his mouth. And he, <laughs> he uses that to chop all the baddies in half. So fucking um, anime. It's good shit. Uh, so with the microwave hall ahead, Raiden's like, let me do it. Uh, but Snake's like, no, I'm going to die anyway. You can, you go fucking go. Go get some new arms. Uh, the two agree to Go part get some new arms. <laughs> you fucking from, sicko. From the shop. <laughs> uh, the two agree to part ways and Snake sets off down the microwave hall. This is fucking epic um, we see our radiation kind of like go up and our health go down and we need to like mash the square button for snake further as as we're doing it like there's this like double shot showing like all of the characters fighting with like o ocelot's forces and stuff like fucking meryl and johnny back to back gunning them down you know oh, it's just good shit okay that's cool. um and as you, you have to fucking mash square and i mean mash square like fucking mash square like it, it hurts um and the whole time like all cons and snakes he was like come on snake you can do it and like i'm crying and you're crying and everybody's fucking crying and eventually <laughs> snake uploads the virus and escapes out of the corridor he manages to get out he starts like he starts collapsing but boom it does work the virus works all of ocelot's forces break down his soldiers guns don't work we have one but not only that but the virus through Naomi's design, also spreads to John Doe as well, and the Patriots are shut down as well. But you didn't have control of John Doe. Somehow GW has some connection to John Doe or whatever. I don't really remember. But it shuts down all the Patriots, so we'll simultaneously destroy the Patriots, and we've we've managed to beat Ocelot. Hooray! Isn't that very convenient that we don't have to anymore defeat 11 dudes? Yeah, it's okay though, because Naomi calls the virus Fox alive, so... <laughs> I... I... I hate it. There's one loose end left to tie up. Okay, sure. What's up? Ocelot arrives and sees Snake unconscious and, like, fucking dying on the floor. He brings him to the upper deck where the two can't be interrupted and injects him with adrenaline. 
He's upset about how everything turned out, but wants to settle the score as soldiers once and for all. We fight three rounds against him in hand-to-hand combat. The camera, the health bars, and the music change each round. First we have Solid Snake versus Liquid Snake, Naked Snake versus Ocelot, and then finally Old Snake versus Liquid Ocelot. It's very fucking cool. Um, like you get to like the Naked Snake oh, versus you get the Ocelot. Snake Eater song. Yeah, yeah, Snake Eater starts to play and stuff. Like it's it's great. Um yeah, good shit. Uh, we beat Ocelot, and with Liquid Ocelot defeated, he dies with his head in Snake's lap. In his final moments, he sees Snake as Big Boss and addresses him as such. And that is how Ocelot dies. He says goodbye to like his okay. oldest friend, Liquid That's Gone, poetic. no possession, and then, like, he dies. You taught me what gun to use. <laughs> yeah, he taught me what gun to use. The correct um, gun. Epilogue. Uh, so Meryl and Johnny get fucking married, right? <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> Very cute. Uh, Ryden... he, sh- he shits himself at the wedding. Yeah. Uh, Raiden gets two prosthetic arms and he's grand. Uh, Snake is still alive, but it's clear he doesn't have long. He goes to visit Big Boss's grave, and in a scene reminiscent to the end of Metal Gear Solid 3, he raises a pistol to his head, just like Big Boss's salute, um, before changing his mind and putting it in his mouth, uh, and pulls the trigger. Cut to black. The credits roll, and you're like, damn, good game, good shit, sad ending, goodbye Snake. And then at the end of the credits... We see a weird phrase. Big Boss voiced by Richard Doyle. But Big Boss wasn't in this game. We bleed back in on Solid Snake. Uh, He pulled the gun away at the last minute. He couldn't do it. Couldn't kill himself. And a voice says, good, it wasn't your time. Big. What? Motherfucking Boss is standing right there, looking old but healthy and very much alive. Uh, He hugs Snake. Snake doesn't know what to do. We learn a few final pieces of information. Wait, is he actually alive? Yes. What? One, Ocelot was never possessed by Liquid's soul. He just went insane after sticking Liquid's arm onto him. He underwent some, like, hypnosis, and as a result, completely believed he was Liquid Snake reborn. What? Revolver Ocelot has been the big bad all along. I'm exhausted. <laughs> so there's no ghosts, just hypnosis. Number two, the body which Ocelot burned was not Big Boss. It was actually a dummy corpse, that of Solidus Snake. Of who, course it was. you may remember, was the perfect clone, so the Patriots believed it was him. Yeah. Uh, three, Big Boss has been alive this whole time, living peacefully undercover. Number four, next to him is Zero, Major Zero, who's a vegetable in a wheelchair. Big Boss turns off Zero's oxygen, and Zero dies. Uh, he was like, I brought him here so he could be near the boss, because the boss's grave is like just up the road. Um, like, when he died, like, I thought it was only suitable. Um, five, the fox die inside Snake will not act as a bioweapon. Naomi was just wrong, uh, but it does affect Big Boss due to the genetic similarities that they have. Big Boss begins to die, and in his final moments, Big Boss asks Snake to help him over to the boss's grave. Big Boss salutes the boss's grave one last time and dies in his son's arms. Credits start to roll, and over them... This is fucking stupid. You cry, I cry, everyone. This cries. is fucking stupid. Credits start to roll, and over them we hear Otacon ask Snake what he wants to do with the couple of months he has left to live, and the two head off together to live out those days in peace. The end. I mean, my gaze, I love them, but also, fuck this, this is stupid. What are you talking about? This is like, perfectly wraps everything up. No, we they about should be they dead. Yeah, but they're not. But they should be. Yeah, but they're not. Okay, but they sh- it's stupid that they're alive. 
It is stupid that they're alive. It's but stupid like, that they're alive. You know what? This it is one been big so like, much more uh, poetic. I'm sorry, but Snake killing himself would have been poetic, and it would have been understandable, <laughs> and it would have been sad, but I would have preferred it. I get it. I get it. From this description, I don't know if I do it justice. Um, bear in mind, I would also like to point out that, like, whilst 71 minutes is the record for how long the cutscenes are, that doesn't mean every other cutscene is only 10 minutes. This epilogue cutscene is, like, 30, at least, if not 40. Th- th- so much happens. Um, like, the wedding is, like, a full 20 minutes. Um, it's just a whole thing. I haven't even talked to you about Drebin. Drebin is a brand new character that's introduced in this game. He's a wet arms dealer with a monkey that smokes cigarettes. He's not, <laughs> he's not important, Chase. So much happens that I'm like, I need to cut stuff. So I've cut Drebin. Um, well, not, yeah. not anymore. Not anymore. He's back. I've mentioned him to you. Now you know there's a guy with a monkey that smokes cigarettes. Okay, so we're now moving on to Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker. He looks so rough, so scraggly. Uh, yeah. Doesn't he look good, though? He's aged well, no? I'm a bit confused as to why he's got, like, such massive, like, bulky armor on his arms. This feels like the game has fully stopped trying to imagine it stealth, because there's no fucking way you're gonna be stealthy and something like that. True, Uh, it is still stealthy. Um, but that's, that's, that's understandable that the, the armor makes it look like he's less stealthy. Um, but yes. So, timeline-wise, where is Peace Walker? So, um... Peace Walker came out after Metal Gear Solid 4, but is a direct sequel to Metal Gear Solid 3. It is a prequel continuing the story of Big sure. Boss. Okay. Um, it takes on this really cool manga style for a bunch of the cutscenes. You're going to see some examples. Um, and oh. it's it's just really good stuff. Um, on the whole, Peace Walker is highly underrated. Um, it's just a great game, great wee story, um, really stylistic, really, really cool. Um, it's a shame that so few people have actually played this in comparison to the others, because I actually think it's probably up there, maybe my top three favorites. Oh, um, shit. Okay. It's, it's... I'm getting the feeling that you just like Big Boss, because I'm pretty sure that Snake Eater is also in your top three. Snake Eater is my so this, favorite. Yeah. This is just Big Boss favorite um, one i'd argue that's that's fair and i would also back that up by saying the reason why i like a lot of the big boss stuff is because it's where kojima gets to be playing around with his bond aesthetic more mm. like there's clearly like a bond-esque villain whereas the solid snake stuff's all this sci-fi futuristic you know okay so so this gets to have a bit more fun i, I think um You'll be happy to know that the stories get quite a bit simpler from Metal Gear Solid 4 onwards. So Peace Walker, yeah. <laughs> Good. Um, Peace Walker, Thank Ground Zeroes, God. 5. They are, they're not simple by any stretch, but they are not Metal Gear Solid 4 and they are not Metal Gear Solid 2. Um, so here, you're still playing as Naked Snake. He has not yet fully embraced the name Big Boss, but for the sake of ease, I will be referring to him as Big Boss here. Um, so okay. The, the year is 1974. The location, Costa Rica. Wait, so yeah, so he he is big boss in this because the boss has died, and so he has taken over uh, Foxhound. No, so if you remember at the end of, I understand why you think that. So he's he's been given the mantle of big boss. If you remember at the end, but he is not the boss. He is yeah. So if you remember <laughs> okay. the very end of Metal Gear Solid Three, he goes to meet the president. And the yeah. president's like, you've taken down the boss, you've completed your mission, you now get the mantle, big boss. Oh, you and did he, say, yeah. Yeah, doesn't shake the president's hand, uh, walks away, and the last thing you see is him crying and a tear running down his cheek. Yeah. This is basically what happens next. Oh, why did they give him the name big... Like, the boss mm-hmm. was the boss. Mm-hmm. He is now not the boss. Mm-mm. He is not a boss of any kind. No. Why is he called big boss? Um, 
You're going to see. <laughs> I, I feel like they needed to give him the name so that they could tie it into Metal Gear 1. Yeah. But, like, <laughs> yeah. why not make him the boss then? It's, it's very clear. It's, that's such an easy, like, thing to do is just say, oh, he's in charge of Foxhound now. And be done with it. No, yeah, he's got nothing to do with Foxhound in this game. Oh, um, cool, okay. So, what's happened is Big Boss has now... Me, they're called Fox in, at this time, aren't they? So, Big Boss has parted ways with Zero by this point. Okay. Okay, so if you remember back in Metal Gear Solid 4, we learned that the two went off to form the Patriots together and they fell out. So, prior to the events of Peace Walker, they have now fallen out. Okay. So, he is now partnered with Master Kazuhira Miller. Yeah? Burger Boy. Burger Boy that I told you about earlier. The guy that um, turned, like, Liquid pretended Who's to be... Who's definitely not Liquid. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he's not Liquid here or anything like that. Li- liquid is barely born by this point. Okay. Um, so they formed the organization called Soldiers Without Borders, a private military company. So um, literally the thing that he tried to... So yeah. he already made the thing that he tries to make... In the first Metal Gear. Yeah, but it's like, it's rough, and it's a bit like, it's just kind of a hodgepodge of soldiers all working together. It's it's not really that organized by this point. That sounds like a him problem. Yeah, yeah but that's what... Fixer shit. That's what he's doing. <laughs> by the time we get to, like, Outer Heaven Zanzibar land, he has established it. It's, they've got a base, they've got a country, you know, it's all good. Um, here, it's just like a little group hiding out in a village um, in Costa Rica, basically. Um, yeah. A resi village. It's not the rest of the no. um, So he and Kaz are approached. I'll be calling Miller Kaz from now on. Okay. That's how Boss refers to him. Uh, Kaz, well, the only character in this franchise with a Japanese name. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But then also taking that and then putting it next to the name Miller, which is just blatantly American. Do you know what Kazuhira means in Japanese? It's referred to in Peace Walker. Kaz tells it says it I, explicitly. Fuck. Uh, I should know. Mm. That's okay. If you I should. I'm going to tell you. My Japanese isn't strong <laughs> enough. So, Kaz means, uh, Kazuhira rather, means peace in Japanese. Okay. Mm. Um, so, just, just it's, it's a cute wee thing, basically. It's just a bit of a, oh, that's, that's cute. So, uh, Boss and Kaz are approached by these two people. Professor Ramon Galvez Mina and his student Paz Ortega Andrade. I was about to say, they could not make her look more like a schoolgirl if they tried. Why is she wearing wellies? Uh, they're just... But they're not well. Oh, they are wellies. Those are absolutely <laughs> wellies. So he's a professor. He's she's his student. She's like sixteen or whatever. Does he have a robot hand? Uh, he does. Yes, uh, we'll refer to that later. Okay. Um, so Paz also in I can't remember which language it is. I want to say Spanish or something means peace in in her language as well. So these two are looking for help. Um, an unknown military army known as Cipher has occupied Costa Rica, and they want rid of them. Right. Uh, if Big Boss helps, uh, they promise to give him an offshore plant to use as an operating base in the coast of the Caribbean. Because at the moment they're just hiding out in a village. They're looking for somewhere to to put down roots. Right. Yes. Yeah. I'm trying to. I'm, I'm like racking my brain from everything else to see if I that should sound familiar. It if won't. that's a place I should know. No. No. If that's like outer heaven or something. Uh, so Big Boss is unsure about helping them. Uh, he doesn't fully trust this story uh, until the student Paz explains that she was captured, imprisoned, and brutally tortured by this army cipher after trying to find her missing friend in the nearby wilderness. She gives the boss a tape recording, and on the tape we immediately recognize a female voice, the voice of... 
Any guesses? The boss. The boss. Absolutely. Oh, best girl. The voice of his old mentor. So he decides to take on the mission. A week passes. Soldiers Without Borders moves into their new fancy base, which is called Mother Base. Big, <laughs> yep. Yeah. Okay, um, cool. Big, big Boss prepares for the mission, and eventually he goes into Costa Rica, helped over the radio by Kaz. The mission at first... I mean, Yes. How the fuck did this random professor happen to own a massive oil tankery looking base thing with like complete with fucking like helipads and shit yeah Why how not? did <laughs> just just random fucking uh, of course I, I i forget that you know all of these professors on their college teacher salaries mm-hmm. uh all have uh the money to afford a full fucking hidden tanker base where he gets the money is explained later oh it is helps. it yes, okay yes. Um, fair and I guess fair. <laughs> so, yeah, so we're playing as the big boss. Uh, we're going into Costa Rica. We're off on our mission, right? Uh, things seem pretty normal at first. Uh, we meet a resistance group uh, called the Sandinistas, and big boss flirts with their leader, Amanda Libre. <laughs> of he yeah. does. Um, we learn that the CIA is somehow involved with Cypher, uh, potentially funding them. Ooh. Amanda's little brother Chico. I love, a, I love a little bit of government conspiracy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and that's that particularly makes like Big Boss go, oh, because he doesn't like the CIA because of all their shit in Metal Gear Solid 3 with the boss and everything. Yeah. So he's like, oh, an opportunity to fuck with them. I'll take that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we also learn that Amanda's little brother Chico has been captured by the baddies. Uh, Big Boss goes off, he rescues him, sends him back to Mother Base. I'm really kind of watering down the best part of about six hours of gameplay here because that's kind of all that happens. Um, but while we do this, we encounter numerous mechs. Pupa, Cocoon, and Chrysalis. These all... And I'm sure that this is just a matter of... Yeah. I'm sure this is just a matter of designs evolved in the series. These all look so much more threatening than the fucking original Metal Gear that supposedly is the first one made in, like, 10, 15 years. Wait, are you joking? So this is basically the Shago... Pupa is basically just a small Shago Hod. Um, that's just... I don't, even, I, can even, I don't even know what that is. That's just a fucking tank. Um, and, yeah, that one can fly, so that's These all bit... look miles more threatening than the original Metal Gear. The original Metal Gear is... Oh, I see. Yeah. Like, which supposedly is the first of its kind and mm-hmm. built in 15 years, looks like a step back in comparison. Sorry, yeah, And I'm yeah. sure that it is just a, like... Yeah. Like, designs evolved and they made them cooler as the series went on. Yeah. But timeline-wise, this doesn't work. <laughs> uh, just wait till you meet the mech from um, Metal Gear 5. God. You're gonna be so mad. Um, God damn it. So... Yes, so these we see these three mechs. Now, one of my big criticisms with Peace Walker is that the wacky bosses are these. Um, yeah, oh, we don't really get our wacky okay. characters. They're kind of just reduced to three mechs. Um, okay. And a couple of other things, but the mechs, basically. With um, a, this one with a rail gun and it's two fucking yeah. Starfleet ships as wings. Like, it's still really cool and the battles are really cool, but they're not quite psychic octopus people. You know, it's not like... <laughs> yeah. Um, so breaking into Cypher's... The, the, the sci-fi hadn't caught up yet. The sci-fi hadn't caught up yet. We're still kind of in Bond territory here. Um, so breaking into Cypher's facility, Big Boss meets two more characters. The first is this dickhead. Uh, so this is CIA, oper- CIA operative Hot Coldman, our big Co- bad. You... <laughs> are, are... Hot Coldman. Are you... Is that a joke? No. Nope. That's his name. That's 
It's never even That's highlighted. That's the worst one in the series. Yeah, it's bad. That is the worst one. And this series has awful names. Like, outside of your main cast, this series has terrible names. And, and this is the worst one. The beautiful thing about this, and I might be remembering this wrong, so again, in the comments, please do correct me. Um, but Hot Coldman, to my knowledge, isn't a code name. It's just his name. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. It's never really explained why he's called him. You know, every other wacky name is given like a reason or a purpose. No. He's just Hot Coleman. Um, this is also the manga style I was discussing. Almost all the cutscenes are like this. It looks like old, like, American propaganda posters. Mm, that's which exactly I feel is very idea. intentional. Yeah, absolutely. Especially with this fucking V for victory. Mm. What's his name? Well, it's it's the peace sign. That's kind of the running gag. It's V for victory and the peace sign. And it's all, yeah, a lot of the philosophical conversation of peace walkers, like, what does it take to get peace and all that sort of thing? Um, which is quite cool. Like, again, the, the story is really good. But yeah, Hot Coleman. Uh, the second is uh, this guy, Huey Emmerich. The way you've said that name makes me feel like I should know who that is, and yeah, I don't. <laughs> that's okay. Um, if I were to say Hal Emmerich, would that help? I've been referring to them as another name this entire series. Fuck. Look at his face. Who do you think he it is? It looks like fucking anime boy. Yeah. So it's Otacon's father. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. Hal Emmerich, Otacon's father. This is Huey Okay. Emmerich. Well, at, at least... The anime runs strong in his family. Yeah. Uh, so Huey is also, being... Also, again, with this fucking wheelchair that looks like tech, miles ahead of anything we see in the supposedly er later games in the series. Yeah, I mean, you've not seen anyone else in a Why wheelchair. is all the tech from this time period <laughs> so much better? Like, why did tech suddenly devolve so much between this and MG1? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't, I can't argue with you. Um, so yeah, so Huey Emmerich, Huey as I'll be referring to him from this point on, is being forced by Coldman. Does he also watch anime? Uh, he also watches anime. He Thank also God. He also pisses himself. Thank um, God. The best characters in the series. I'm going to tell you right now that I hate and everybody hates Huey Emmerich. I can't tell you why yet. Okay. Huey Emmerich. This is a little bit of spoilers, but it doesn't really matter. He's a piece of shit. Okay. So he's being forced right now to build a Metal Gear. Runs in the family. Yeah. Uh, Peace Walker. That's the name of this Metal Gear. Again, though, Peace Walker, of the four you've shown me for this game, looks like the worst one. Yeah, right. You compare Peace Walker to, like, that, that, or that. Yeah. But these can't fire nukes. That's the important thing. These three can't fire nukes, but Peace So Walker you're telling can. me that you can't just put a fucking nuke railgun onto one of those three. There is something inherently about the design of this stupid bipedal fuck that looks like it can get knocked over with a light breeze that only this one can have a nuke cannon mount. This, the one, the, the flying one literally has a rail gun on it. I love you. Can you can fucking you, put a nuke in that rail gun. You have totally embraced ghost people with arms that make them. Yes. Cool, which turns out to be hypnosis. You're like, sure, fine, whatever. But oh no, the mechs are the problem. Yes, because this <laughs> specific mech is fucking stupid. This one, like, it does not, like, oh, it can launch nukes. Yeah, fucking anything can launch. I can launch a nuke with my bare fucking hands. I can <laughs> hurl it over the wall. Yeah, it's, not gonna, it's not the same. It's not okay, like... so to, to break it down for me. What stops them from demolishing this one, taking its nuke launcher, and putting it on to, say, the flying one? What does it? Why is he building a whole new fucking mech 
and not just a nuke cannon that they can mount onto the three existing mechs? I don't know. <laughs> I honestly don't. I have no answers for you. Because okay. there isn't one because it's stupid and they just wanted a mech called Peace Walker yeah. so they could fucking name the game that. So, uh, in typical Metal Gear fashion, uh, Peace Walker Could have just is... called the other one Peace Flyer. This one's in its final testing phase. Oh, right? Of course it is. Yeah. Um, so... so, did Huey build the other three as well? Yeah, Huey built all of them. So why did Huey suddenly just go, ah, this one that fires nukes, it's going to be my worst one. You know, Peace Walker is a really tough boss battle later, so you can go fuck yourself. Uh, this thing killed me so many times, um, whereas I beat the shit out of these I'm three. I'm assuming that, once again, it did not launch nukes at you. No, it didn't launch nukes so, at me. So, again, the core focus of the Metal Gear of the series, not even used, never utilized. Mm. Do any of the Metal Gears in this series ever fire a nuke? Just stick with me, okay? We're six games yeah. in, yeah. seven games? Eight games? How are uh, fucking many games? One, two, one, two, three, four, five, we're seven, seven, seven games in. Seven games in, and we've not seen a single nuke fired, and that is the whole point of the series, is mechs that fire nukes. We have seen a nuke fired in Did Metal we? Gear Solid 3, just not from a Metal Gear. You just stuck it in the missile launcher and blasted it, remember? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> all the more to the fucking point. Why do we need a Metal Gear to do it when you can stick it in a fucking rocket launcher? Because it can fire it further. If this can target overseas. Okay, yeah. so can a submarine. Yeah. Why do we need a peace walker? Because this one can move. It can walk. So can a submarine. <laughs> and a submarine can do it with stealth. It can. Um, and they had <laughs> nuclear subs at the before the time period of this game. Look. So this is just, again, a technical downgrade from existing military tech. For the point of having a stupid But it's mech. cool. Look at it. It's called Peace Walker. It walks. It's, it's the least cool looking of the four. <laughs> it's the worst one. <laughs> oh my god. It's the worst one. Right. <laughs> Look. Just... It doesn't fucking matter, alright? <laughs> it's, it it's in his final okay. So... Cypher are basically, you remember, these baddies, right, whoever they are, uh, which Hot Coleman seems to be involved in, um, are basically focusing their attention on artificial intelligence this game. That's their big shtick. Oh. So, yeah. Now you've, you've opened the box for me. To, to pull back the curtain again, I have a master's in artificial intelligence. Yeah, that's fine. We're pulling back the curtain. I am oh, going to be uber critical now. <laughs> you're going to love this. Um, so... The whole idea is that Cypher basically believe that AI, if programmed properly, have greater combat ability than normal soldiers simply because they have no emotional attachments, right? There's no regret, sure. no guilt, nothing like that. Yep. It's just basic code. Uh, uh, so, yeah, okay. There is specifically one big AI which has unparalleled tactical abilities and is about to be installed inside of Peace Walker. This is like the ultimate tactician AI ever, right? So Huey, and so again, you give it to the one that is landbound and not the one that can fly. No, well, to be fair, this AI is put into the flying one earlier. Okay, um, thank God. Yeah, and then Something we, we, we blow it. We blow it up. Um, it's there. You'll see it. That's it there. Oh, it's this weird barrel. Thing. Yeah, the weird barrel thing. Um, we'll come back to that in a minute. So, so AI is the big deal. Um, now this AI is about to be installed inside Peace Walker. This is the final phase that Huey refers to. Huey explains, if Big Boss can destroy this AI, then Peace Walker will be rendered useless because there is no way that you can control it without the AI, right? There's nowhere for anyone, there's no cockpit, no one for anyone to sit. 
you need the AI to make it work. Okay. Okay. So that's pretty. So, no, no, that's no, pretty spot on. No, that's simple. No, okay. no, 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 no. <laughs> right. So you're telling me mm-hmm. that he built this whole mech, mm-hmm. zero way to test it, until you put this mega AI. <laughs> the AI. <laughs> this takes the concept of testing in production, like testing it live, yep. to. Whole stupid levels when testing it live gets it nukes. Right. The fucking... So, you were telling me that he had no way to, like, with a program, like, in his little console, in his fucking wheelchair, with his little joysticks on his fucking wheelchair, control the mech. The only way he could control it was by plugging the live AI into the thing that has nukes. And that's the only way to test that it even works. Yeah. (laughs) I feel... That you have a lot of pent up bitterness from Metal Gear Solid Four. That you're now, do I? Yeah, that you're now wrongly pouring. Gear, I thought Metal Gear Solid Four was actually surprisingly like logical comparatively. What? <laughs> like comparatively, Metal Gear Solid Four. I mean, because I I feel like the, the difference is the right. difference is Metal Gear Solid Four took it so far into sci-fi mm-hmm. that it's like I can suspend the disbelief there. But this one is still grounded enough in reality that I'm still comparing it to realistic military technology at the time and, like, my personal knowledge of, like, technology and saying this is fucking stupid because it's not gone off the deep end yet Mm. into sci-fi. Like, they're still playing this off as if this is logical, like, military tech in a grounded setting. Okay, well, to add to that then, uh, so after Huey tells Big Boss this, uh, Big Boss is like... Also, assumedly, fucking what's-her-name had a way... To test her nanobots prior to fucking putting an AI to control yeah. the nukes. I mean, yeah, but like they could probably test this on like a rocket launcher. You know, stick a rocket launcher on the mech, and but it's so like... they, they they can't test if like the legs move, or if you know any of the motors articulate. <laughs> Look, they can't test the aimer on the <clears throat> nuke launcher. They can't test you know the the balancing. This thing looks like it has shit balance, so obviously it has some fucking auto load balancers in it. So after Huey tells okay. Big, <laughs> after Huey tells Big Boss all of this, Big Boss says, "Great, thank you for the information. Uh, we need a nerdy scientist guy as part of our team." So he sends Huey off to join Mother Base, like he father, like son. Yeah, uh, he does this by Fultoning him. Do you know what Fultoning is? What? Yeah, Fultoning. It, excuse me. Uh, so Fultoning is where you attach a balloon to the back of someone and it sends them up and they get caught by a plane and it takes them off, or a helicopter, and it takes them off to Mother Base. That's what he does. Is he attaches this... a balloon. <laughs> I'm curious, is this a real thing that is done in the real world or is this so, just something that Metal Gear made up? You might remember, um, yeah, so, so so sort of. It's kind of based on a bit of... I thought you'd know this. Well, I, I don't know this, Sean. I'd like to cash your mind back years and years. Uh, okay. You know the movie The Dark Knight? Right. Yes. So Morgan Freeman discusses in the Dark Knight when, but it's probably the, the most least memorable part of the movie. To be I, fair, so I don't remember it. So Batman probably. goes to. Oh, okay. I want to make sure I'm not wrong here. I want to say Tokyo to get the accountant to extract him and bring him back to Gotham City. And he does this by gliding in, gra- fighting his way through the thing with this thing attached to him the whole time, grabs him, and then a t- re- thingy uh, pushes a button basically, and his big parachute like takes him up, and then the plane catches him and he pulls him in. And Morgan Freeman says, like, this is old technology used by the CIA and black ops. Like, r- rumoured to have been used by... Huh. So I think Kojima read this, uh, like, properly, and was like, oh, that sounds Koji- interesting. Kojima read The Dark Knight specifically. <laughs> yeah, uh, but he's clearly <laughs> read, is, like... This is all a reference to the... Not, not CIA tech, this is a reference <laughs> to The Dark Knight. 
But, but so whatever this tech is, this fun like tech, it, it's it's got a grounding in at least theoretically what the okay. sky is used. Um, it See, is absolutely ridiculous. This one, though. I can believe this one. Why? This one, <laughs> why can because you believe that? This one makes logical sense. This one well, is fine. You attach a balloon to someone that makes it go whoop and then gets caught by a helicopter to then get taken off to. I a have seen much plant. weirder things from the U.S. military. Like this okay. feels like base level tech for the U.S. military. To be fair. Fair enough. So f- remember Fultoning. It, it's, okay. it's, it's a thing that we use quite a lot, right? Oh, it has happens multiple times. Oh, this happens, like, a lot, yeah. Okay, um, sure. So we travel further, eventually reaching the laboratory where the big AI is being stored. Um, and it's here that we get our first big reveal. The big AI... Is that George Washington? No. The big AI is actually the boss. What? Or at least the boss's digital mind. That's why it's got such a tactical advantage. It's like, you know, Boss was the ultimate tactician. They've taken her mind and turned it into data and turned it into an AI. There's a really sweet scene where she recognizes Big Boss for a split second. Big Boss is then overwhelmed because this is quite a lot to take in. The music's all sad. Um, And he learns that Cypher plans to put the mind of the boss into Peace Walker. So the ultimate soldier gets put into, as far as the game is concerned, the ultimate mech, the ultimate weapon. And that's bad news. That's the plan. Times like this where I wish this was video so <laughs> the audience can see the glare I'm giving you. <laughs> that comment of the ultimate neck. Yeah. But I digress. Fucking all right. Okay, right, right. Uh, it's the CIA. They got all, all the, they, she used to work for the CIA so they'll have data on her that they could put together a pretty decent reconstruction of her mind. Right? Yeah, of, 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 Within these. I mean, parts of her mind, I would assume. I... Mm, oh... I I hate this trope of AIs that it's like they're based on a person, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but they're based on like the specific traits, like in this case, the soldier traits, but somehow the AI reconstructs the soft, warm, gooey heart for this one person, but only for a second before the programming takes over. And I'm like, oh, I hate this AI trope. It's cool. Oh, I hate it. Uh, the second thing we learn is that the boss's iconic white horse is also in this lab, Right. What? Uh, it's just here. It's just here. Oh, and third, why? Um, the su- well, because Wait. because the scientific mind behind this is this woman, Doctor Strangelove. That name sounds really familiar. Uh, no, she's a brand new character. But in I the don't. Series. I don't think <clears throat> from this series. I, I feel like that name is used in mm-hmm. something else. Yeah. So there's a movie you might know as um, it's like Doctor Strangelove or How I Learned to Stop Carrying and Love the Bomb. I think it's called. Uh, maybe. Um, yeah, it's, it's a really, really famous movie. Um, so, but th- that's what she's based off of, basically, this, oh. this idea. And Doctor Strangelove is a male character in the movie. but um, So yeah, but it turns out that Doctor Strangelove was actually in love with the boss and fucking hates us because we killed her at the end of Metal Gear Solid 3. So this is how she's been able to reconstruct this AI. She's an AI engineer scientific mind who's uh-huh. in love with the boss, knows everything about her down to her most intimate details, and has managed to reconstruct this with all the combat and digital data that the CIA has. Right? That's how the game justifies it. Sure. Cool. Um, she thinks, ultimately, that this is like her small way of trying to bring the boss back into the world in some way. Right? That's how she justifies it. But only it. the violent parts. Well, only the violent bits. She's trying... Well, that's the thing, right? So we get hints and inklings that Doctor Strangelove is kind of the reason why there are these little soft glitches. Because while she's aware that what she's doing is building a weapon for Cypher and for Hot Coldman, she she, she, she was in love with her. So, of course, there's little bits that she's like, oh, 
I wish I could bring you back for real, and she's programmed bits in so we get little recognizable moments. Um, I'm assuming Sarah's involved somehow, but I forgot that he existed. It's totally fair. <laughs> uh, honestly, totally fair. Before we can do much with this information, we are interrupted by Chrysalis, one of the mechs, the flying mech. The uh, best one. The best one. And Doctor Strangelove escapes with the pod housing the boss AI. Now that's uh, what I call pod racing. Uh, oh no. Uh, <laughs> a really tough boss fight later, and Snake defeats Chrysalis. Uh, he jumps on the boss's horse, the white horse, and he follows Strange. Yeah, follows Strange Love to Cipher's base. Is that the only reason they put the fucking horse here? Follows Strange Love to Cipher's base. Oh, I guess Strange Love probably kept it as a weird. That's it. Yeah, sentimental like, wank thing. Yeah, it was kind of just a memento. Um, so yeah, so he's on the horse. He's chasing after Strange Love, who's like escaping with the AI um, to Cipher's main facility, um, and he's intent on ultimately destroying the artificial intelligence. During this time, Big Boss and Kaz start to come up with a plan. They too are going to build a Metal Gear, which they'll call Metal Gear Zeke. Yes. Oh. Don't worry, you haven't that's... heard the term Metal Gear Zeke before. No, no. I'm not thinking that... Honestly, my <clears throat> brain is going to Zeke from Attack on Titan, and I'm just thinking the AI is a massive monkey. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. But... <laughs> um, back on Mother Base, preparations start to be made with Huey Emmerich leading the project. So, because they've got their Metal Gear engineer, so he can start building stuff for them. <clears throat> We've stolen you from the evil guys who are forcing you to make a Metal Gear. Now we're going to force you to make a Metal Gear. Pretty much. That's, yeah. And the, the game's quite aware of, like, what they're doing. Um, so, reaching the base, uh, we it, see... Does Huey have, like... Is Huey allowed to leave? No. Fuck Huey. <laughs> Just build well, the Metal Gear. Stop being a little shit. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, our... Soldiers that border is like holding him hostage. They're not really holding him hostage. It's more that they get look the guys. He got the guy can't walk. He can. He's, he's on. Like, <laughs> he's stuck in a. They're, they're not holding him hostage, but like try fucking getting off this floating tank. Yeah, like you oh, know. that is a dick move. That's you know, so pretty much like here. You could do one of two things, man. You could just be here and be a pain in the arse. We're not going to hurt you, but <laughs> if you want to make your time here useful, let's build us a Metal Gear. You're allowed to leave. Go home yourself. So, re reaching the base, uh, we see that Coldman and Strangelove have once again captured Paz. Uh, Strangelove seizes... Wait, big... once a... was Paz captured? Uh, yeah, if you remember, at the very beginning when she and the professor came to see Big Boss, um, the Big Boss was like, nah, I'm not that interested. But then Paz was like, I got captured by them, I got tortured oh, by them, yeah, and I got yeah, this yeah, recording. Yeah. Uh, and then she managed to escape. But they've okay. captured her again, they've got her back. Uh, Strangelove seizes Big Boss and tortures the ever-loving shit out of him. It's, it's real grim stuff. It's like, you know, properly electrocuting and, and things. Um, oh, reminiscent shit. of Metal Gear Solid 3. Uh, we learn that Peace Walker is super close to deployment. It's like, you know, an hour away. And its first target is going to be Mother Base. As in Big Boss's base. They need to transport Peace Walker to a launch deck so everybody leaves the facility. The launch deck's like a good uh, about a couple miles away, right? Uh, we break out, jump onto the boss's horse once again, and chase <laughs> after them. Yeah, resulting in a boss fight with Peace Walker. In the fight, the boss's horse gets badly wounded, and Peace Walker gets away. And in a scene reminiscent of the end of Metal Gear Solid Three, Big Boss needs to put it out of its misery. I cry, you cry, everyone cries. <laughs> this one feels. <clears throat> More comedic, but that might just be me thinking that the thought of weird, mil buffed up military dude on a horse is very fun. To, funny. Oh, it's good stuff. Yeah, like yeah. horse versus mech is just very funny. So I, 
I hope you like the, the, the this look because this is kind of the big boss's like thing now. Metal Gear Solid Five, you have a horse as well. Good, yeah. um, <laughs> nice. So, with a little help from Kaz, we eventually make it to the launch facility and confront Coldman. He's got an activation suitcase cuffed to him and is ready to push the button to set Peace Walker off on its nukathon. But then, bam! Professor Galvez suddenly appears. Hooray! Ah, but he's a baddie, so boo. Uh, it turns out that Galvez's real name is Vladimir Zadonor, Zadonov. He's a badass and has this like red robot arm that you noticed at the beginning. He uses it to like light people's cigarettes and stuff. The, the, the finger comes off and there's like a little lighter in it. It's, it's is is stuff. that the only reason he has a metal head? Pretty much. Okay. Um, he uses it for something else later, but for sure. now, yeah. Um, it's, it's good stuff. Uh, he takes over the base, knocks Coldman out, and at gunpoint, forces Doctor Strangelove to change Peace Walker's coordinates. He doesn't care about destroying Mother Bates. Okay, okay, wait, yep. wait, wait, wait. So, they're changing the coordinates mm-hmm. of the thing that they have no way to control, except no, no, sorry, the by AI. This, by this point, the AI is in Peace Walker. I should have okay. said that. Okay, yeah, yeah. so, is the AI in control, or do they have control of Peace Walker? Well, it's like a robot, in it? Like, you know... So they do have control, and they didn't ever need the AI. No, they have control of the AI. They can tell the AI to do something, and the AI's like, okay, and it will do it. Sure. But the AI can react if it's attacked, you know. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, so basically, change the coordinates. He doesn't care about Mother Base. He doesn't want to blow Big Boss's base. He's not a goodie, but he doesn't want to target them. Instead, what he wants to do is he I wants mean, to nuke Cuba. It's not that he doesn't want to blow it up. He doesn't want to blow up his own thing. Yeah. That... I feel like he could take it back at any moment if he really Pretty much, yeah. yeah. He's like, I don't really care about you, big boss. You were just here to help me but take down Coldman. But that's mine. Uh, but this is mine. So he, what he wants to do is he wants to nuke Cuba and start World War Three. Okay? So the coordinates are, are about to be changed. But before he can push the button, who arrives? It's Kaz and the soldiers without borders and Amanda, who's the leader of that resistance he met at the start, and her rebels. They've all arrived as backup. Hooray. Uh, we've won the day, basically, right? Fuck them. Uh, Coleman and Zadonov are ushered onto a chopper and taken back to Mother Base as prisoners. All is well. Okay? Snake and Strangelove stay behind. Or Big Boss and Strangelove stay behind. Strangelove is like, look, I'm sorry for torturing you and everything, but I thought you killed the boss in cold blood. I now know I'm wrong. Uh, let me take you to where the AI core is, so off they go. But while Kaz is on the chopper, taking our baddies and Paz back to Mother Base, Coldman, with his dying I, breath... Take them back to the place that is about to get nuked. No, no. Logical. Remember, we're not, nobody's getting nuked. We're all good. We stopped oh, them. Yeah, we won. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we're taking back the coordinates to, that yeah. they can definitely do. So they're, they're, they're taking them back to Mother Base to like interrogate them and just have them as prisoners because they don't want to just shoot them there and then. They clearly know something. So uh, they take them back, but Coldman, with his dying breath, sneakily activates Peace Walker, right? He, he pushes the button. Um, not only is it going to shoot the nukes at Cuba, but it's also going to transmit to the US that the Russians are already retaliating and nukes are about to drop on Washington, right? Wait, 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 wait. wait. Yeah, unpack this because it's really important. How? Basically, the idea is that, like, Peace Walker isn't just, like, a nuke launching mech. It can also transmit false, like, blips to the Pentagon and and, and Moscow and and all that sort of stuff. And basically, it's going to, what it's going to do is it's going to trick the US into thinking that Russia has started to nuke them, right? Whilst I'd love to say that this sounds unrealistic, Mm -hmm. uh, the US has been tricked by a lot of things Mm -hmm. like that before. So, actually. Okay, never or mind. Just that, wait. That's lo- that's fair. It's okay. about to get stupider, so don't worry. Um, no, so... I mean to be fair, the bulk majority of this game and all of the big boss games so far, 
they're shockingly more grounded yeah. and easy to follow than any of the Solid Snake ones. So, yeah. Yeah, no, the, this is why I like it, because the joy in the Big Boss stuff is, like, how silly the details are rather than the overarching plot. Like, yeah. for me, I think this is pretty sensible. You know, you've invented technology like, which can do this, fine. You know, just take that with a pinch of salt. But the most important thing is, only way to stop these nukes and this fake radar stuff and World War Three is to destroy Peace Walker. So, Big Boss has, like, five minutes until it completes its launch phase. So, cue Big Boss Fight, which is a really good boss fight. It's the toughest Metal Gear boss in the series. Like, it's just a big bastard, and it's got a massive health bar, and and we managed and you're, you're working against the clock as well um, and basically long story short we managed to stop Peace Walker but the US and Russia are still primed to launch their nukes at each other because they, they've, they've seen these radars um, so as a last ditch hope Big Boss decides fuck it he picks up the phone and he calls the Pentagon <laughs> see but the thing is right uh-huh. when these kind of things these radars the US government does call like mm-hmm. Moscow government say, have you launched nukes? Yeah, but not at the height of the Cold War. I feel like they wouldn't. No? I'm trying to think. There, I, I remember a very vivid story of a time they got tricked because somebody left <laughs> fucking training software <laughs> in the thing and they thought they were about to get nuked and they did call and I'm trying to remember when that happened. I'm surprised that you I you're... want to say that was the Cold War but I'm probably wrong. I'm surprised that you're embracing the fact that Big Boss like has a direct line to the Pentagon. It's like, hey... And just picks up the phone to have a quick chat with the Secretary of Defense. I mean, he was in the president's office and given a name by the president. This doesn't seem unreasonable. Cool, yeah, that. fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> um, this, this doesn't seem unreasonable seeing as how he seems to have a direct line with the president. So uh, he cuts straight to the chase and explains that it's it's all shite, that the nukes aren't incoming, and that it's all just one big misunderstanding, right? The Secretary of Defense is like, yeah, yeah, I don't believe you. Uh, pr- <laughs> prove you're Big Boss if you want me to believe you. So Big well, Boss... at least they fucking... <laughs> Are sensible in that way. That's not set. Okay, so big boss. No, that is absolutely sensible. If you got a ran- if you were the secretary of defense, you got a random phone call from a gruff uh-huh. voice. It's like it's fake. It's fake. Yeah. Would you really just immediately? Oh yes, hello, big boss, and not think this no. is a fucking Russian trying to trick me? No, my first assumption would be prove it's not real, not prove you're big boss. Because <laughs> who fucking cares if it's big boss on the phone? This is like 10 oh, years well, after MGS3. Okay, yeah, that's... Yeah. Okay, yeah. He didn't shake the president's hand. It's very clear he's defected and fucked off to do his own thing. And anyway, so so the Secretary of Defense is like, yeah, cool, no problem. Um, Big, big boss, like, prove to me you're big boss and I'll believe you. So big boss explains the ending of Metal Gear Solid 3 to him. That the CIA... <laughs> yeah, he's like, um, were you in the office when the president tried to shake my hand? And he's like, yes, I was. And he's like, Oh, then you'll remember that, like, the CIA fucked over the boss and that I refused to shake the president's hand and all of this. And it turns out that this whole thing that happened in the office is top secret information which never left the room. Nobody knows what happened to the boss except for, like, the 12 people in that room. Oh, I thought you meant the top secret information was that Big Boss didn't shake his hand. Yes, that is top secret information. Why? Because it's like, he's meant to be the all-American hero. Like, people don't know that he's fucked off. People don't know he, he's, he hates the Why US. do people know about him at all? Because he's I like a legendary like soldier. I feel like he should have been a secret agent this whole time. I feel like the fact that his existence is anywhere immediately takes away yeah. his stealth agent status. Yeah. So because Big Boss tells the Secretary of Defense that like he didn't shake the President's hand, the Secretary of Defense is basically like, yep, he's right. And that is how Big Boss stopped a nuclear war. I mean... <laughs> By regaling the lore of Metal Gear Solid 3 to someone. I... 
I guess it makes sense, but it's also stupid. Yeah. Uh, but wait, that's not all. Uh, Peace Walker. But also, I feel like Russia could absolutely hack that information out of wherever it's stored in the. Yeah. Um, so, but wait, that's not all. Peace Walker is all glitchy now. Um, it's still active. We haven't actually managed to destroy it, and it's still going to launch a nuke at Cuba. But wait, that's not all. The boss. AI suddenly becomes self-aware oh. somehow. Nobody knows how. It forces Peace so, Walker. Wait. <laughs> yeah. So if it was the boss AI the whole yeah. time, why was it not always self-aware? I don't know. If you're like <laughs> if you are going to make an AI It's just magic. <laughs> that is based off a person, then it should always be self-aware. Yeah. Unless it was like trained on the data of this person, because mm. fair enough in that case. But if you were specifically saying that this AI is this person, then it should always be self-aware, not just suddenly self-aware. Yeah, no, it, it is. It's, it's literally pure magic. Nobody can tell you why. It's never explained, not even in Kojima's mental way. Um, so somehow it becomes self-aware. No, oh, hooray. Uh, so nobody knows how it forces Peace Walker to walk into the ocean and drowns itself. Credits it, roll. A robot drowns. It, well, it can't launch a nuke Feels, if it's like filled with water and shit. So it, it can't be a submarine that launches nukes despite yeah, but like this water. Isn't, this isn't built for submarine for water. You know, it's that's Peace Walker's one weakness: water. Oh, of course, <laughs> of course. Should have just Wicked Witch splashed a bucket on it. Pretty much. Uh, so the credits roll. But in typical Metal Gear fashion, we're not done. Uh, so everyone returns back to Mother Base. Metal Gear Zeke is now fully operational. Naked Snake, or the Big Boss, finally embraces the name Big Boss. This game ends with going, I'm now Big Boss. Um, aware that there are dangerous enemies out there, they arm Metal Gear Zeke with a nuke, planning to use it as a deterrent. Where does everybody get nukes from? Uh, actually, no, I, uh, Ferris, I think that I'm pretty sure he nicks one from this facility during Peace Walker like, and brings it back with him. I feel like nukes are just shockingly freely available in this series. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so they're going to use... Just pick them up at the corner store. What? Uh, it's, it's, it's just Nick out to Morrison's, grab a, grab a nuke. Grab a nuke, yeah, just take one off the shelf. Uh, I don't know, Walmart sells like rocket launchers, right? Is that correct? Am I wrong? No! I don't know, man, I always assume that... What? Look, I'm not American. <laughs> Walmart sells a lot of fucking things, rocket launchers are not one of them. Oh, I thought you could buy like a bazooka from Walmart, there you go, that just shows how sheltered I am. Um, so I feel like the UK understanding of America is simultaneously so right and so wildly <laughs> over-exaggerated. Yeah, yeah. Um, so... After all of this, um, they decide, yeah, they arm Metal, uh, Metal Gear Zeke with a nuke, planning to use it as a deterrent. Now, Zadronov, you remember uh, Mr. Handman? I do, yes. Yeah, he tries to break out of his cell uh, by using his prosthetic hand and shooting it off his wrist like a rocket. Um, <laughs> do you yeah. think you could put a nuke in that one? No. Um, oh, he can't be a Metal Gear then. Can't be a Metal Gear. Uh, Big Boss, only Metal Gears can fire nukes. Um, during the, the fight, Big Boss kills him. Straight up kills him in cold blood. Um, but it's clear he was helped in his escape attempt. Someone on Mother Base is a traitor. The traitor, Paz. Wow, I'm shocked that the person who was with him is on no. his side. Is this meant to be a twist? And honestly, no, no. It's very much like he kills him. Big Boss looks at the body and is like, someone must have let you out of here. And then Kaz goes, Boss, Paz is, stole is stealing the Metal Gear. Like, it's immediately afterwards. So yeah. Uh, like, the twist is that Paz was a baddie. Well, I mean, duh, she was with him the whole time. Uh, oh, yeah, so when Zadonov appears and he's like, ah, I've been the villain all along, Paz is like, what? No! In a really convincing way. Um, but yeah, so basically, but the most important thing is that Paz Acting. works directly for Major Zero. That's the most important part. Paz, Just to check, uh, yeah. looking at this, so are they Cypher? 
Yes. Okay, they are Cypher. This is where we get very annoyingly confusing because rather than Major Zero just calling his alternative organization Patriots, at this time he's basically Cypher is basically the Patriots before the Patriots, right? Uh, didn't right? they already call it the Patriots though? Yeah, it's a whole thing. So it's the Patriots, then Cypher, then Patriots? Pretty much. Um, so just, just take it for dumb. now, because Cypher's now a big deal. We will be referring to Cypher quite a lot. Whenever I talk about Cypher, I'm basically talking about Major does, Zero's does Patriots. Does Cypher appear in different games? Yes. Oh. Um, so Cypher, right? Paz works directly for Cypher. She's like one of the leading agents. Oh, she's, shit. She's not actually 16. At 18. Oh, okay. No, no, not important here, right? This is really important. She's not actually 16 years old, like we were told at the beginning. She just she's likes actually 20. Playing. She's actually 21, and I can't, you can't oh, see in this image. Oh, because that's just such a difference. You can't see in this image, but she's in her underwear um, aboard Metal Gear Seek. This is the Why? only reason I can imagine they changed it, is so that you don't feel weird about Paz being in her underwear. Honestly. Why? I know, I know, I know. That's, um, I know. that's... Um, uh, <clears throat> so, it's a whole thing. Uh, so, yeah, she's jumped into Metal Gear Zeke and she's getting ready to escape. Do in we it. have pictures of Metal Gear Zeke? Uh, you, you, uh, what is it? Is no, it? you don't, you don't. Oh, okay. Metal Gear Zeke just looks like a fucking Metal Gear, right? It's just a typical looking Metal Gear. So, I'll Google it. Metal Gear Zeke, and she's planning to escape with it. She has lost her fucking mind. And it turns out that she was working for Cypher all along, and Cypher is actually Zero's organization, the Patriots. And, specifically important, her name isn't Paz, it's Pacifica Ocean, but that actually doesn't matter because no, nobody will ever call her that in any future games. What? Um, so it doesn't matter. Oh wait, she appears in future games as well? No. Uh, Big Boss and Paz get into a philosophical argument where Big Boss says such gold as, I am a gun. Cue a boss fight with what? Paz. Yeah. So, yeah, the Paz is basically like, you know, you, you, who do you think you are claiming that, oh, like... Oh, no. Yeah, I'm Metal violent. Gear Zeke is back to being a really dumb design. Why are they all bipedal? Because they're cool. Give it more legs. So, Metal bipedal, Gear... Bipedal, they're going to trip. So, after all of this, um, there's a boss fight with Metal Gear Zeke, with Paz piloting it. The whole thing is fought against the soundtrack of a K-pop song sung by Paz's Japanese voice actor, and it's an amazing boss fight. K-pop song? I will show you after this. In Japanese? What? Um, J-pop, sorry, J-pop. Oh, sorry, I was that's, that's, yeah, that's I, that. would be an odd choice. But... So, yeah, J-pop song. Um, sung by Paz's Japanese voice actor. It's absolutely amazing. Um, destroying Metal Gear Zeke, Paz is thrown from it and blasted into the ocean. She's gone. Big Boss and Kaz mourn her death, and Big Boss decides to rename Soldiers Without Borders... Fuck. Outer Heaven. That's the... Oh, is that the name of the organization? It's the name of the organization and the base. Oh, I thought that was just... I To be honest, I didn't even know if they had a name for their organization. I thought they were just... I mean, they call it the Foxhound later, mm. but... Yeah, no, the organization is like, you have to infiltrate Outer Heaven, and you kind of just, you don't really get given the name of the place you're infiltrating, but the idea is that you think that... Oh! Uh, yeah. I thought, when you say you're infiltrating Outer Heaven, oh, I thought that <clears throat> you were infiltrating the physical location Outer Heaven. Yeah. So if Big Boss was well-known ages in advance to have defected, mm -hmm. I thought that Solid Snake was working for the US government under Big Boss... Who did Metal, who did Solid Snake work for in MG1? He's just part of Foxhound. He yeah, works for the US okay. government. Yeah. Okay. So Big Boss works for the US government. I know exactly. Yeah, don't MG1. Worry, yeah. yeah, and beautifully, beautifully, that will 100% be explained in a way which you will understand. Okay. And I think you'll really like it. Cuz I feel like the US yeah. government would know if if Big Boss's base that they were fully aware of yeah. still existed. Yeah. And would have something to say about sending one of their operatives into the place of their bot. What? Yep. 
Okay, I feel like they're comp- overcomplicating their own no, no, lore here. Don't but- stress too much. It's, it's totally fair. It is is absolutely fair that you think that. Uh, that does get explained in actually, I think, quite a satisfying way. So don't worry. We'll see. We'll see. Hi there. Uh, thanks for watching or listening. This is uh, Editing Monty here. Uh, just a quick note that this went on a lot longer than we anticipated that it would. Uh, so the part one and part two is now unfortunately going to need to be a part one, part two and part three uh, so that we can cover Metal Gear Solid, Five Ground Zeroes, The Phantom Pain, uh, Kojima leaving Konami and a discussion about uh, Abandoned and Blue Box studios as well. So thank you very much for your patience. Um, I'm going to make sure that this all releases on the same day. I don't want you to think that I'm doing this for, you know, traction or anything like that. Honestly, the idea was more rather than release one part, which is five hours long, it would be two, two and a half hour parts, um, just for it to be more digestible. So thank you very much. And uh, thank you very much to my patrons who, um, if you're watching this on YouTube, will be showing up on the screen right now and uh, normally I read your names off uh, but just due to the fact that this is um, more of a silly less edited podcasty style um, I think the names being on the screen will be will be enough for this these videos um, so thank you very much and I'll see you in the next video